and welcome to Mat Bites, episode 124. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode, it's the review of the year with subs, mugs and bugs. Plenty of bugs. There's always plenty of bugs, isn't there? Yes. Well, in keeping with the downward apple spiral, they started the year with a crisis. Do you remember this one? Not at all, but there's a good reason. Something tells me somebody hadn't backed up, but the saga was iPads couldn't restore iCloud backups. Okay, thought I. Um, But when I read deeper into it, it was the fact that the backups made on iPhones running 12.1.2 couldn't be restored to iPads running older iOS versions. I can honestly say I've never backed up a phone and then tried restoring it to an iPad. I would have thought that way madness lay. That was exactly my point. Uh, you know, why would you? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, absolutely. Someone should have a tattoo of that, shouldn't they, Timmy? <laughs> anyway, it was a bad start to the year for some. Not us, thankfully. Uh, so much so, on the same day that that news broke, After Hours 8 came out. Can you believe After Hours 8? Because the next After Hours is 63. Wow. We're a content creation machine, aren't we now? We certainly are. Indeed. Now, we were only five days into the new year when speculation broke. In other words, rumour had it. A new iPad mini in 2019. Hmm. I was interested, I'll be honest. But do we believe rumours, Mike? We don't do rumours on this show, should know by now. Well, the thing is, you know, the rumours are always far better than what's actually released. So I did my darndest not to read about it. But as if that wasn't enough, Bendgate rumbled on. Yes, do you remember that one? Apple refined what straight meant. Seriously, there had been all the crisis over whether an iPad, now it was the it was the larger one, wasn't it? The 12.9 inch, whether it whether they bent or not. So Apple redefined what straight meant. The flatness specification allows for no more than 400 microns of deviation across the length of any side, less than the thickness of four pieces of paper. I remember covering this in uh, Captain Sensible's Happy Talk. It was difficult to talk happy about Apple when they were redefining what straight meant. But can we just say my sarcasm reached new levels, didn't it? It certainly did. And as if that wasn't bad enough, you know, Apple, yeah, there's going to be a few odd stories coming out. But then CES hit. Now, CES is always a laugh. It's the Consumer Electronics Show. But a smart plank. Mm, I'll just leave that there. A smart plank. I was minding my own business when I spotted on the BBC News a report from CES and it was their chief technology correspondent, Rory Kathleen-Jones, and he was demonstrating a smart plank. And it was nowhere near April the 1st. The plank even had a name, a mooey. Yes, I thought of cows as well. But they had already raised $100,000 on Kickstarter. I was going to suggest that I made a sound effect there, but I'll refrain. Please do. Of a plank or, or a cow? Please do what? Refrain. Refrain. Sound no, please oh. do refrain. <laughs> it was a cow anyway. 
<laughs> Leave it be, walk away. Uh, now, the thing was, it wasn't just any plank. Oh, no. It was a smart home control device with a text output that wouldn't look out of place at a London Underground station, being all LED 1980s block style. But I sat and I watched and I thought, well, maybe some people <clears throat> would have a use for it. It wasn't even a shelf. It was a piece of wood. I thought, you know, with it being called a plank, I thought maybe they mean smart shelf. No, they didn't. They meant a piece of wood attached to the wall, but not in the orientation that it could be used as a shelf. And the price for this? A complete bargain? Not. $699. Now, I had to say 600 there because I thought if I said 699 you'd be thinking 699 No, 699 So how many are we ordering, Mike? Uh, I think I'll have two. What about you? None at all. Trust me no. on that. I am not having a smart plank. But if that one was bad, I waded through all of the CES stuff and I found what I'm calling the famous five. Um, now, there were four and a half thousand companies showcasing over 300,000 gadgets, but I whittled them down to five. <clears throat> Let's say, shall we put weird as a label on this one? Lab grown beef. Buying that, are we? No. No, me neither. Not happening. Absolutely not happening. Next one. I think we're slightly more interested in the next one, actually. Robot dogs. Lola might be interested in that one. That might actually have piqued your interest slightly, mightn't it? But I must admit at the time I thought, sorry, robot dogs. OK, but the next one got me a self-walking suitcase called Ovis. I was reminded of Otis as well. Yes, I was just going to say it sounds like Otis. <laughs> Clearly a cousin of Otis. But honestly, why? A self-walking suitcase. All the technology in the world and what they did, did they decide to build a self-walking suitcase? The next two are quite interesting. I, I was a bit concerned about the next two, yes. <clears throat> it was a hands-free breast pump, which is bad enough. I'm not a girly girl, am I? But that's bad enough. Replete with a model demonstrating it. Can we just say move along to the next one there? Well, I would, but the next one's even worse. $99 for a pair of indestructible pantyhose. You know, it's like those £5 notes we have in this country, isn't it? They brought out some new £5 notes about 18 months ago, two years mm. ago. And they're not paper. They're some kind of polymer. They are supposed to be indestructible. What was the first thing people did, tried to do with them the second they came out? They put them through washing machines. They put them through dishwasher cycles. They tried setting fire to them. So the minute you say something is indestructible, I can guarantee you someone somewhere will prove otherwise. So they were the five, well, I would say the weirdest, but there were some of the weirdest. But CES rumbled on and it got even worse. Laura DiCarlo, a designer of, um, how shall I word this delicately, Mike? Toys of an Adult Nature won a Consumer Technology Association, the CTA, award for their latest innovation. Now, how are we pronouncing that? Is it the Aussie? Oze. Oze. O-S with a funny thing on the top. And an like e. Jose. Like Jose. That's the Jose. Now, thing was, as soon, almost as soon as the award had been made, it was unceremoniously withdrawn, with the CTA declaring the product to be 
immoral, obscene and indecent. Hmm, I bet they they sold in numbers. Now, fair enough, you might think. It's their award, it's their decision. But just a minute. Weren't the potentially winning products reviewed in some way? You know, prior to an award being made? Because how could you choose between two if you don't know what they are? And anyway, what did they think it was? An electric tea stirrer? A deformed banana with a buzzing disorder? A possessed protein shaker? I felt it told you more about the lack of due diligence in the CTA Awards investigation process than it actually did the morality of a product. Can a product have a morality? In itself, I mean. I don't think a product can, no. Well, they thought it could. But the people that make it could. Well, well, what can I say? Words fail me, actually. But can I just say, you know, whether whether you agree with this or not, whatever your thoughts are on the product, if as much effort went into finding a cure for cancer as goes into this kind of stuff, it wouldn't be as prevalent as the plague by now. Now, needless to say, an online campaign demanded the award be returned. And so it was. All laid to rest amicably in the end. One year I must make it to CES. It must be the biggest comedy show on the planet. But anyway, I couldn't make it this time because we were busy. We had another MacBytes After Hours. And I got back to some semblance of sanity after CES because I was showing a system for how I track all things tech at MacBytes headquarters. It was a good night, wasn't it? It was. Did you show how you track your tech? No, I could do that on one hand. Clearly, I need <laughs> I need more than a thousand block limited notion to do that. Anyway, as if that wasn't bad enough, the following week, uh, we do an unboxing in After Hours. Pretty much every show, don't we? But this one was a, a rather copious amounts of unboxings. All of SSDs. What can I say? It was January and the sale was on. And I just kept hitting by and they arrived and we unboxed them. Now, well, we had mentioned Captain Sensible's Happy Talk, but the first MacBytes of the year um, was called Captain Sensible's Happy Talk. We were sick of the doom mongering and the negativity surrounding Apple. So we tried to leave it upbeat a bit, didn't we? We did. Which would have been, it would have been fine, but for the silly stories about Apple and their re- redefining straight and stuff like that. But we did our best. But even better than that, you do realise there's three shows, don't you, within a matter of days? No wonder people were delinquent. Ah, yes, that's, that's the problem, isn't it? Yes, we had a podcast and then we had another After Hours. But the After Hours was a special After Hours because what we did was we took people through the entire publishing process of MacBytes by publishing another show. So that was three in four days. No wonder we were exhausted for the rest of the year. Just saying. <laughs> but the show in question was actually uh, shooting through 2018. It was our review of the year. This is getting a bit meta, isn't it? But never mind. By the end of January, we were ramping it up. Well, we weren't. But there was a definite ramping up of hype going on for the first quarter earnings call. <clears throat> Can I just say it ended up with, we're doomed. What did you think of it? I think that the what the most of the press are saying is that the iPhone sales are slumping. Well, that's going to happen because there's a finite number of people on the planet. There's a finite amount of money that they've got to throw at Apple. There's a finite number of people who are going to change their phone every year. So it's 
I can't think of the word. It's it's a natural downturn. Well, it said slump, didn't it? But they did manage to shift some. It wasn't that bad. But you know what they're like. They do like to doom-monger, and they did, big style. Apple weren't phased. Oh, no. Because of the same day that we were doomed with reports from uh, the earnings call, Timmy came out and said he was tackling TV. Yes, again. And no, we still haven't bought a TV. So for us, it was a case of move along, nothing to see. But Timmy assured us that Apple would be participating in the breakdown of the cable bundle in a variety of ways. You know what that means, don't you, Mike? No idea. He's talking America again. We don't have that concept of a cable bundle in the UK, do we? We have different suppliers and they do supply a range of channels. So it's heading that way, but not really like America, I don't think. So he's talking America. Uh, Anyway, by the end of January, so we're heading into the 30th and 31st of January now. um, More rumours. And this this went on for half the year, literally. There'll be a dark mode in iOS 13. Can I file that under no Sherlock? Sherlock. <laughs> Sherlock needs mentioning that. I mean, seriously, uh, how many words were wasted in the first half of the year talking about the dark mode? Plenty. It's far too many. Anyway, by the last day of January, the lesser-spotted good reader rises again. It had been five years since the last major update, and it's a favourite app here at Mabout's headquarters. This time it was a meaningful update. Now, it was just as well it arrived when it did, because I was in the middle of a rant about it. <laughs> I'd had it hooked into uh, OneDrive for ages, and it had stopped working. So I was having a chat with Graham and Graham had the same problem I did. So it obviously wasn't me and it and OneDrive assured us it wasn't them either. So I think the Goodreader crew had done something and it had all broken. Uh, but once the new version was released, solved. So it was good to see that. There was bad news about it later in the year. But at that stage, it was good news. Hmm. So we headed into February. February's a busy time for us, isn't it? But I still endeavoured to keep up with the Apple news. Now, when I say news, I felt having read this one that there was surely more important news out there. In fact, I can't bring myself to, to explain it. You explain that one. Well, there was a new beta of iOS and we were hoping for lots of things. And what did we get? Four new Animojis. Were they wearing makeup? Sarcasm alert. Oh, yes. Makeup on me. No, that's me emojis. Or any emojis different? I don't know. They wear makeup and move. See this face? <laughs> Not interested. I only wish it was a video <laughs> podcast, Mike, because I can indeed see your face. And you're doing the circling of the face, do I look bothered manoeuvre. <laughs> Four new emojis added to iOS 12.2. Move along, shall we? Yes, nothing to see. Do you know, I don't even know which ones they were. Was that the one that was a giraffe? No. Yes, it was. It was a giraffe, a shark, a boar and an owl. I mean, why? Words fail me. Because. Yes. Anyway, talking of more important stuff, FaceTime gate. Did you notice we waited for a whole month until we had Mm. a gate? Well, unless you count straight gate as one. Well, this was February, the start to February anyway. And this crisis was FaceTime gate. Now, 
it wasn't only a more important story, but when a 14-year-old can tell you something so damning about your software, I think it's time for some new engineers, Apple. Maybe you could recruit at the local kindergarten. Do you want to explain the short version of the crisis? Yes, group FaceTime calls were about as secure as a leaky bucket. Folks called via the group could be seen and heard without actually accepting the call. <laughs> All a bit dodgy to me, but yes. Ba- basic. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I'll just say this. Certain people take their phones to the toilet. Let's leave it there and move on. That would be you and I, wouldn't it, both? <laughs> but uh, yes, very, very oh. basic thing that needs plugging there, Apple. They they initially addressed this issue on Monday the 28th of January, which was nine days after the report. Nine days. They suspended the group FaceTime feature and then issued a statement apologising for the bug on the 2nd of February. That is That is something that's pretty critical and should be plugged sooner, I would have thought. Well, it's not a case of plugging it. I mean, you obviously need to make sure that the solution you bring out for the problem doesn't have as many holes in it as the problem did. But why would you wait nine days to suspend it? It should have been suspended within seconds. It's like, there's a hole in the side of the plane. Never mind, we'll carry on flying it for nine days. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Oh, good group. Anyway, we moved on to some positive news about an Apple-related story. I know I was surprised as well. The usual journos must have had the day off. This time it was a 67-year-old man in Norway and he was saved when he had a fall. He had a fall, hit in his head. It rendered him unconscious. Um, I'm assuming it was a tiled bathroom floor that, that his head bounced off. His Apple Watch summoned help via the fall detection feature. And it was the second time there'd been a report of exactly the same thing. Uh, the other owner was in Sweden. Do you reckon that's coincidence or could it just be dangerous visiting the Nordics? Uh, I think it's coincidence. You mm. reckon? Um, anyway, both of these people were saved by the fall detection thing. I think I'm incredibly lucky the way I run around here that I've never actually had the fall detection thing, even when I like dive off the stairs over the dog. I've never actually had it go off, have you? No. No. Uh, when it does, I think it's going to be a case of like, unless I am actually rendered unconscious, uh, how do I turn this thing off? Which is something I should probably look up first, isn't it? <laughs> Instead of leaving it till when it happens and then looking at it and thinking, I don't know how to stop that ring- ringing the emergency services. Uh, anyway, uh, so after that tiny bit of good news, Flickr were having a deletion party. Did you ever use Flickr? I have got some photos on Flickr, yeah. I was up for an I was up for an award. One of my pictures got featured in something. Oh, of what? Um, the Munich plaque, I think. Oh, many cool. many years ago. I did have some pictures up there, but they weren't on my main account. In fact, I think I got to Flickr via an old Yahoo account. So I don't think I've ever actually had one with with you know like my proper email address. Um, so I wasn't in the slightest bit concerned, but I thought it was. Very strange how Flickr had been the site for photos and somehow managed to... I don't know where people would put them these days. But it doesn't seem to be the primary site anymore or people aren't talking about it, let's put it like that. And it looks like the deletion party seemed to be you were were going to have less storage than you would have had before and they were just going to delete the oldest photos. And for some people, they didn't have those photos anywhere else. Fabulous. Don't think that's a clever manoeuvre, but hey, what do I know? I was far more preoccupied, wasn't I, Mike? 
because Macbite's 117 came out, which was Bravo Sierra and the Science of the Bin Collection. Oh, the bins. The bin, the bin saga is still rumbling on, actually, isn't it? We need to revisit the Science of the Bin Collection because having rendered it perfect, the council have changed the bin collections. But that's all for another show. But it was a good show, wasn't it? It was a good show. Yeah, I've always said it shows just how complicated the world's become when you need a degree in nuclear physics and a postgraduate degree in rocket science just to add details of the local bin collection to your calendar. And that was what we were attempting to do. And as I've said, it's got more complicated since then. But at that stage, once I'd sorted the bins out, got all that sorted, um, the tax man cometh. Luckily, it wasn't for us. The UK annual tax deadline passed. And the very next day, or within a week, I think, uh, came news that Apple had settled a 10-year tax battle with France. And it included Apple agreeing to pay a reported half a billion euros, which is $570 million in back tax. How do you not pay that much tax? It's all to do with a controversial Irish HQ that Apple have. Controversial since the Irish government offered Apple a sweetheart tax deal, which the European Union later declared illegal. And that was all to do with the problem. Anyway, uh, the EU ordered Ireland to collect £13 in back taxes. And both Apple and Ireland had at that stage appealed the ruling. But in the meanwhile, they paid the bill. Do you think they were concerned about interest on that amount? I'm sure it crossed their mind. I'm sure they could afford it. And you know what? That interest was never going to be paid by their stake in in the home pod because that wasn't doing well, was it? Not great, no. Yes, the home pod. The home pod wrapped up 6% of the smart speaker market, which wasn't bad considering it launched late, which has seemed to become the norm at Apple, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Question is, were we going to replace our Echo devices anytime soon? And the short answer was no, not a chance. The key thing with this kind of tech is compatibility and Amazon is way ahead on that basis. You're absolutely right. By the time they got HomePod to market, I think if you'd got one Echo device or maybe two, you may have been prepared to switch. But we started off with two Echo devices. Um, They were first gen tall speakers. And I think at first it was like we used it for pretty basic stuff, but it can play Spotify. So we were away. It did that. But then it kind of mushroomed and we have an Alexa, at least one in every room in the house. I think we've got two in the conservatory, you know. Um, And once you've, you've bought into an ecosystem, I don't see people easily moving to something else unless it's way more cost effective. Or that feature rich, they can't wait to get rid of what they've got. And I don't think the HomePod ticks those boxes. Not for me, it doesn't. And um, you wouldn't buy something, would you, to install in the house without seeing me first anyway? I certainly wouldn't. No. (laughs) So we left that one. No HomePods here. Um, But Apple lost a lot of staff the year before, didn't they? And the alarming hemorrhaging of staff continued apace. Another head of retail leaves abruptly. I didn't think she'd been there five years. Did it feel like five years to you? It didn't at all, no. In a way, it didn't. But in another way, when you saw the kind of changes in visiting Apple stores, I don't 
particularly feel welcome there anymore. So I don't think the five years she was there was potentially five years too long as far as I'm concerned. Maybe that's the intention. Maybe I'm not, not their demographic anymore. Having said that, the amount I spend there would say otherwise. Five years. Was she the, the one that took over from Browett? Was I there anybody between her and Browett? I think she was. Oh, well, it seems that longer since Browett left, but I would say anybody would be better than Browett. But um, as I say, now I feel as welcome at an Apple store as a rattlesnake in a lucky dip. Even that isn't as clear as it once was. As Angela left, Deirdre O'Brien was announced as her immediate replacement. A 30-year Apple veteran and Timmy assured us she was the right woman for the job. Which begged the obvious question to me, if she's the right person for the job now, why wasn't she the right person for the job when Browett left? Or even before Browett arrived, to be honest. Anyway, Angela on her way out. Was it gardening she was going to do or something? I think so. Or was it a family thing? It, it all felt a bit strange anyway. Uh, but, but then we moved on to Apple and um, being pushed further back into the podcasting market. Now, that was because, according to the journos, Spotify were buying Anchor. Commentators were quick to point out that Apple were falling further behind because they haven't really. In fact, I think Apple have gone backwards. Never mind. They're falling behind now. Apple were there, weren't they, with GarageBand? You know what I envisaged? Apple putting, I mean, this obviously is in cloud cuckoo land, but if they'd have put GarageBand in the cloud, and you could have uploaded and made a podcast in the cloud. That would have been cool. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you don't sound overly thrilled by that. No. But I remember Steve Jobs demonstrating. Do you remember he did that personal demonstration of creating a podcast in 2005? Yeah. Mm. And you just felt like, oh, this is the future and it's going to be amazing. And they've kind of they've taken their foot off the gas. They've kind of got out of the vehicle, <laughs> which is what this piece was saying. Although I remember we discussed it and we said like, create a podcast by just talking and not editing okay i know some people don't edit but i think it limits you you can't put extra pieces in and stuff and oh no 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 but as we said this isn't just thrown together you know <laughs> we just managed to make it sound like it is mm. then as if that wasn't horrific enough health watch now, I know Apple are big into health and health tech is all very well. But seriously, Apple, at least one crew member, that would be me, was last seen running for the hills, screaming in terror at the mere thought when Apple announced, you know, they've lost the head of retail, but don't worry about it. We've hired an OBGYN. Really? Is this, is this to um, sort out what you're selling in the stores? Because I know, not me, no. Why? I'm not seeing the point, are you? Not at all. I'll be proved wrong in the end, you know, when Apple turn into um, a health company. But I just think, like, really? There are some things you need... Oh, no, no, I don't say that. I was just going to say you need to be hands-on with. But having said that, I'm moving swiftly along to the FaceTime fix before I talk myself into a bigger mess. I don't like that kind of thing. All the, no, no, not happening. Anyway, uh, the FaceTime thing was rumbling on, but they'd come up with a fix, hadn't they? Yes, they had. In keeping with many of Apple's latest strategies of a day late and a dollar short, 
This day brought news of a fix for FaceTime Gate, so the 14-year-old who discovered the original bug can go back to their day job, which appears to be running rings around Apple's programmers. So they released iOS 12.1.4, and that fixed the group FaceTime privacy bug. I think we should all be very grateful for that FaceTime bug fix and that it happened before Apple decided to offer virtual OBGYN appointments using it. <laughs> Group appointments, anybody? <laughs> oh, let's move along. Oh, dear me. Do you know we had the fourth MacBytes out of the year and it was only mid-February? <clears throat> Can't say we've managed that this year, but moving swiftly along. I use Apple um, Google Keep. Do you? No. In a word. Google Keep's a note-taking system. I won't say it's comparable with Evernote because clearly it's not. But for short, quick notes, a little bit like post-it notes, I actually demonstrated it last week on an After Hours, that you can have it open in a sidebar in multiple browsers. And as you make notes in one browser, they appear in another. So Google Keep's actually quite cool. The reason it was in the Apple Press was they were making it available on the Apple Watch. Mmm. Our first thoughts from Google, you say. When's it due to sunset? Asking for a concerned friend. But then more about iPhone sales. I'll leave that to you. We're doomed. We're doomed once again as the headlines was <laughs> iPhone sales suffered worst quarterly decline for three years over the 2018 holiday period. I refer back to my earlier comment, but... It was still one of the still one of the world's most profitable companies was Apple. So I've got an idea for them. Put the price down, you'll sell more. Just an idea. Anyway, let's get away from the doom mongering into something I laughed my little cotton socks off about. But hey, that's because I didn't have have the model in question. Uh, under the heading of you couldn't make it up, Adobe released an update for Adobe Premiere Pro. No big deal, you might think. Oh, indeed it was. The fix was intended to resolve an audio issue that left some users with blown out MacBook Pro speakers. Blown out speakers. Now there's a bug. Aren't you glad you don't use it, Mike? I am, but I don't get that because how can that affect the speakers? But let's not go there. Well, there are apps like Boom that take your audio and make it big and large, you know, much louder. So I guess code could hook into the hardware and boom, it's gone. Anyway, I'm glad I don't use it. <clears throat> that That's insane, but never mind. Um. Oh, then we had Timmy back again. Again about health, Dr. Timmy. Um, people will look at this and feel that they can trust Apple was what he had to say about the privacy of health records. Did he really say trust an apple in the same sentence? Can I just mention that 14-year-old? Yes, not much trust involved there, was there, when he found that everything was wide open to the public. Uh, let's move into March. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, we were doing the dongle dance, weren't we? We'd been away and we'd recorded a show while we were on the road. And um, it was called Road Warriors Doing the Dongle Dance. That's because I remember taking with me more kit than you could fit in a Pantechnicon, if you recall. I do recall. Hardly likely to forget. Yes, the bed, the bed was full of it. That was because I needed so many dongles because I had my MacBook Air. And when, that has nothing. You're lucky if you can charge it. I do wish they'd put all the ports back, but that's just me. 
Hmm. Anyway, not only did we do the Road Warrior Dongle Dance, but once we were back home, um, we did another show. So there were two shows on the same day. Ooh, that was amazing, wasn't it? But on the same day, just, just for giggles, Timmy promised to blow us away. Not joking, no. He assured us that products that Apple were working on would blow us away. My first thought? They're working on a fan. The iFan. I actually felt it was much more likely that the prices would be likely to blow you away. Have you been blown away on anything they've brought out in the last uh, seven months after that? I don't think so. No, I can honestly say not. But that's what Timmy promised anyway. Um, then, of course, you can always rely on President Trump to grab a headline. With a perceived faux pas. Now, I don't know whether it was a faux pas or not, but he called Timmy Tim Apple. Something wrong with that? Believe me, I call him a lot worse. Timmy's response. Oh, a passive aggressive change of his Twitter description to Tim and the Apple symbol. Way to go, Tim. How about telling the Don at the time your correct name? You know, like normal people do. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Men will be boys. Now, by the 18th, the mythical iPad mini had actually been released. It wasn't vaporware after all. It was a while to go to the first Apple event of the year, but Apple announced the new iPad mini, starting at £399 and dollars with a 64 gig or a 256 version. But it hadn't changed the look of it. It still had a home button. It did add support for the Apple Pencil, but only the first gen. Basically, let me summarise this for you. It was more expensive, but it had first gen pencil support. All of a sudden, my desire for one completely withered on the vine. But they also brought out an iPad Air 10.5 inch. I actually like the 10.5. The 10.5 is one of my favourite form factors. I've got an 11 inch as well, and there's very little difference in scale. It's just the screen's bigger. But the hard edges on it, it's just not as nice in the hand as the 10.5. Still wasn't inclined to buy one, though. Uh, then what did we have? Oh, we finally managed to stagger to the event. They'd announced so much before the event that we thought, maybe he's right. Maybe they'll blow us away. Yes. Well, there was much excitement, but it was services, services, and yet more services. And the MacBiters in the chat room with us? Not impressed. I'll put a link to the video, but um, it was pretty much all services, wasn't it? And AirPods. It was all services, yes. Now, with the ink barely dry on the reports from the It's Showtime Apple event, yet more news from Apple. Now, you know it's something they're trying to bury when it's announced on a Friday. Less impact on the share value. All of which meant it was bound to be bad news. Neatly done after, after announcing and taking orders for the latest wireless AirPods. What did they do? They cancelled AirPower. The charging mat, yes, the one that was on the boxes, diagrams were on the boxes of the AirPods. Yes, not happening. Thank you, Apple. Fabulous. And so into April. <sighs> it wasn't the first before you think. No, it wasn't. It was the second. Apple Watch Battery Gate. I do love the gates. You know, we should have a page on the website that tracks the lot. It was a, it was a case of another month under the lawsuit for Apple. This time it was the Apple Watch batteries expanding so much the screen pops off. 
I was pondering Apple's options for a defence, you know, me being a lawyer in a previous life. And I thought, well, it's obvious, really. It's not a fault. It's a feature. The front pops off for ventilation purposes. <laughs> oh, I love these stories. They're fabulous. Next one, not quite so much, though, so I'll leave that to you. This was the Apple News one. Apple News Plus. Apple News Plus. was the plus important? <laughs> oh, yes. The plus means give me money. Services, ah. services, services. Yes. There was, there was over 200,000 people subscribed to Apple News in the first 48 hours after launch. And I can say that I wasn't one of them. Me neither. No, it does prove, though, that there are more mugs about than we thought. Is it worth the nine ninety nine a month subscription price? Well, I'd leave that to you because it's it's personal opinion, but it's it's certainly not worth it to me. I can get free news, and I'll stick with that, whether it's fake or not. <laughs> I don't believe anything anymore. <laughs> I see it with my own eyes. Yeah. I think the plan was was this the one that included the magazine subscription? I think it was. Because if it, if you were subscribing to magazines, it may actually work out cheaper. But it's just the the news part of it. Because I said to you, I didn't do a thing with that. It you know it, it appeared in an update and that was it. It was like oh news fine, and I ignored it. And then all of a sudden, without me doing or anything or agreeing to it, I started getting notifications every day. So every day they send me like, oh you mustn't miss this breaking story. And it's something stupid like, you know, somebody's opened a box, box of cornflakes. And I'm like, that's not important. The other thing is I then have to go in to the app to clear that. When I go in, I don't know whether I completely misconstrued what Apple were up to, but I'm sure I remember it being sold to us as news you can trust. I'm doing massive air quotes, but news you can trust. When I went in, I saw the sun. Well, you've lost me at that point. You can't trust anything that any of the English tabloids have got to say. I Did, did, did I misinterpret it? Are they just syndicating all kinds of rubbish from anywhere? Because the other one that I saw said um, in this week's Hello magazine. And I thought, can I actually uninstall this thing? <laughs> at that stage, it had got from I'd rather not see notifications to um, I think I'll stick it in, in the Apple Pooh icon folder to can I actually uninstall this thing? No, no, and paying for the privilege, you must be insane. I think it's better value in the States than it is here, but I'll leave it alone at that point. Because uh, we were we were toting our, our new AirPods at that stage, weren't we? We were. When they brought out new Beats headphones, Powerbeats Pro, $250, wireless earbuds, basically, available in pink. Be still my beating heart. Uh, but then it was on to Facebook. I'll leave that one to you. You're better with Facebook than me. Facebook's open data policy. Yes. Proving the point that security is only an idea that Facebook stumbled again. Millions of Facebook records were exposed on Amazon cloud servers, but at least they had Amazon dragged through the mud too. Oh, for crying out loud. You'd, th you'd think it was simple to start with a policy of everything's locked down and then only give access as and when needed. Not the other way round. But never mind. Oh, you remember we talked about the HomePod? Uh, yes. I won't say it wasn't selling well, but it was a case of the fastest reduction in the price of anything in Apple history, I think. If not, it's certainly up there. They dropped it by $50 to $299. Are we buying? No. No, still not buying. What price would that have to be before you bought one out of curiosity? $79. <laughs> 
when you think about the price that you can get an Echo device for, I mean, if you wanted a Dot, you can get them usually for about 35 on sale. Mm. People are far more likely to go for that. So at 300 when I'm, th- I'm thinking of the people we know who may be in the market for something smart home-ish. I mean, we know people in their 80s who've come to us and said, this Amazon thing, how does it work? What does it do? Would we benefit from one? And I remember giving advice over the, the models that were available at the time. And they ended up going for a dot. And they even took out a subscription to the music thing, you know, Amazon Music, yeah. but not the full service where you can play it anywhere because they only had this one dot. And if you've only got one device, you can subscribe to the music just for one device. And it's something like three, four pounds a month. They are as happy as newborn lambs bouncing about in a field with it. But there's no way that have invested 300. No way. Maybe Apple should bring out something much cheaper. Sorry, more cost effective. They don't like the word cheap. Just to get people heading that way, because otherwise they're not going to. They're just going to go, go with Amazon and be done. Having said that, I managed to spend very little and get some new tech. Ooh! Pixelmate a photo for iPad suddenly appeared. I was on the beta and I remember looking at it and thinking, people are either going to love this or loathe it. Uh, I ran a live session a couple of days after it was released and opinions were split right down the middle during that live session. Some people loved it, some loathed it. I think the thing was, people who thought it was going to be Pixelmator, but with dedicated photo editing tools, were incredibly disappointed. Those who thought it was going to be like a free app, but on steroids, were rather pleased. Me, I must admit, I think there are better things out there that that can do what Pixelmator Photo does. But I think after that, didn't they do it for 99 pence or free because you got it and it isn't something you'd spend money on? Um, Probably, I think you're right. Yeah, what he means is he hasn't opened it since. <clears throat> Has no recollection of ever actually opening it. I think you're right there as well. <laughs> has no well, recollection should, of installing it. I should it. challenge him to find the iPad that's got it installed. <laughs> now, seeing as though he's only got two iPads. This seeing as he be only difficult. uses one iPad. And he only uses one iPad. One's his demo iPad. He's having a look. I can see he's actually having a look live. Oh, it's asking me to do an update later. Later. Well, of course it's asking you to do an update because you never update anything. There you go. Pixelmator, Pixelmator Pro. No, Pixelmator Photo. Yeah. Photo, that's Photo. the one, dear. Yeah. Ever been opened? Tap um, the icon. Do you get the onboarding? The onboarding. Yes. If the onboarding shows you've never opened it before. There you go. He's got the onboarding, like I said. So that's how popular it was here. <laughs> never mind. Um, Now, as if that wasn't humorous enough, the next story I stumbled across was Next Level Cookie. Tim Cook profiled in a new biography as being, and this is a quote, obviously this isn't something I would say, the genius who took Apple to the next level. I didn't read enough of the story to know if the next level to which they referred was up or down. But let's move on because, yet again, we were doomed. (laughs) It was, um, this was Mac shipments, wasn't it? Hmm. Mac shipments were down in quarter one, 2019, and made a worldwide PC decline. Do, do, do. Can I just mention, reduce the price, we'd buy more. Just saying. <laughs> they should take me on. Can I just mention, the world's most profitable company still. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the press have got to have something to talk about. You know what they're like. True. <laughs> 
Now, you know, we talked about those two Nordic guys with the fall detection thing. Apple released a new video highlighting the health features related to the Apple Watch. Now, genuinely, we feel the only time that these are going to be needed at MapBytes headquarters is when the when we're apprised of the price of new Apple Kit. Because I could well collapse, couldn't I, based on the price of some things that had happened last year. Now, by the middle of the month, wasn't it Easter around this point? I think it was, yeah. Because the 12th is our anniversary. And um, we did a MapBytes Live. And we unboxed, wait for it, cake. No, we really did. We unboxed a cake. Do you remember? I do remember. I didn't eat it because I don't eat cake. But but we unboxed it and it was our anniversary, so it's rather good. Anyway, within a couple of days, Angela had left the building. So her profile was removed from the Apple website. Um, no news on whether she was receiving one of her very own 14 karat gold Apple watches as a leaving gift. But she left the building. And then few days after that, Apple was celebrating Earth Day. You know what's going to happen now, don't you, Mike? You're going to rant. I'm going to rant. There was, um, it was green leaves on the Apple logos in the store. Wouldn't it have been greener to turn them off? Just a point. But there was also a personal message from Timmy via Twitter. It could only mean one thing. It was Earth Day. Now, isn't that when we're supposed to turn our lights off for an hour? I believe so. That's Earth Day, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yes. We, the crew, regularly get bombarded with messages about that. I call it Earth Hour shaming. The fact that neither Mike nor I have taken a single flight in 18 years and 36 years, respectively, seems not to mitigate their ire. Mm. Believe us when we say we've earned the right to have every light at MapBytes headquarters blazing for the duration. Not one single flight for years. So the next time somebody mentions Earth Hour, can I just advise you, don't. Just don't go there. People have actually knocked on the door, haven't they, and said, you've got your office light on. That's because I'm in the office and I'm working. These people are the ones who've taken five holidays in the last six months. Those kind of people. See, rant. <clears throat> rant over. There was also a birthday that month as well, wasn't there? It was four years since the Apple Watch was launched. Four years ago, were we excited for it? No. That was 2015. I'll calculate that for you, Mike. It was April 2015. No, I wasn't excited either. They'd actually announced it in the autumn, if you remember, because I remember mum saying, did they announce anything fabulous? And, and I said, a watch. And she said, are you buying one? No, mother, no. And it was actually released um, about seven or eight months later. And I can honestly say, not interested in the slightest. Obviously, by the time Watch 2 came out, couldn't get one fast enough. Mike, still not interested, were you? No. And what happened when I got my uh, Series 3 and you got my Series 2? I, I got your hand-me-down and Never look back. use it all the time. Yes. What would you do if you weren't showing off paying with your Apple Watch, Mike? Because <laughs> you love doing that. <laughs> You absolutely love doing that. Uh, anyway, that that was something that warmed. I went in a shop the other day and got told they don't take contactless. What? Yes. What sort of shop was it? A stationery shop. <gasps> ah, quill pens. Tablets of stone. Oh, yes. That was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the end of the month marked, um, I think this was from Apple. Yeah, there was a story that actually came out of Apple. Um, Aperture, RIP, 
Yes, I thought it was already dead as well. It was another long drawn out death. Um, it won't be running on future versions of macOS. But to be honest, it had ceased development in 2014 and it was removed from the App Store in 2015. So I think all they were saying was condition terminal. So if you've got a copy and you don't upgrade to Catalina, then you can carry on using it until it stops working. But other than that, it's our IP. Do you know, if an app needs, I mean, it ceased development in 2014, if five years after you've told somebody an app is end of life, you have to issue a statement saying that it won't run on future OSs. Can I just say people must still be using it or you wouldn't be doing it? And if people are still using it, maybe you shouldn't have killed it. Just an idea. I don't think Photos has ever replaced Aperture in terms of functionality. Not in my opinion. You never used either, did you? Don't, don't look at me. I've never used either. <laughs> Mike just takes photos and shoves them in an old shoebox. And to be honest, it seems to be work better than Aperture at the minute. <laughs> uh, that wasn't the only thing they killed either. 1st of May saw the iPad 2... Oh, I love the iPad too. Now, and, and this is a lovely quote, vintage and obsolete. Nothing like making a piece of kit feel wanted and loved, is there? <laughs> I'd just say, is, is that vintage like wine in that it gets better with time? Or vintage as in you need to send Apple more money for an updated toy immediately? I think the second one. I think the second one as well. But do you remember iPad 2? Yeah, I've got one. Well, I've got one, obviously, but do you actually remember iPad 2? iPad 2, purchase day. Yeah, we went to Liverpool and stood in a We queue. did. And what else? What else? Come on. We were at Liverpool 1. He's forgotten this bit. But I can see his face. Well, I will do if he moves slightly to his right. I can only see half of him. Um, yes, we were at Liverpool 1. And what did I do? Went to the toilet. Well, yes, I did. But that wasn't <laughs> something that I was intending for people to consume on the show. <laughs> well, I don't what know else what did, did I bought do? an iPad. I know I bought an iPad. Oh, bless him. I'm going to watch his face now. Backbleed Gate. Oh, yes. Black, black, black <laughs> I can't even say that. Backbleed Gate. That's the one. I was sat upstairs. I'd got the um, cellular version. Mike had got the non-cellular. And I said, just give me a moment as the guy was sorting us out. And I threw a coat over my head and started looking for Backbleed. <laughs> Do you think he's recovered by now, the poor lad? Happy I only, to report. No, I only mentioned the toilet. I only mentioned the toilet because Jane told you where to go. I know that's that's shocking, isn't it? I All the way that. from us. Um, obviously, we were in the queue for the best part of the whole day. Uh, I think we got there about half nine-ish and they weren't selling them till five but the queue was massive so i'm looking around and saying to people you know do you know where there's a toilet anyway i got pointed in the direction of go to the right and keep walking when you get to the end turn left it's there oh good grief it must have been a mile and a half away by the time i'd staggered back i'm sat outside the apple store just to my left there's john lewis so i'm tweeting away like why don't they put the toilets near the apple store and jane came back from perth in australia and said there's one in john lewis you know <laughs> tell me that sooner so jane who was in oz at the time knew far more about the layout of liverpool than i did we have been back since but not often we went back last year didn't we but we, we got the best of that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's vintage and obsolete. Mine's still quite happy, to be honest. And I think the most important thing with um, iPad 2 was the cover. 
The smart cover made it a completely different device for me. The other thing with iPad 2 that made it a completely different device, but not the iPad 2, was you remember that case for iPad 1 that was nothing short of horrific? It didn't fit properly. It, it attracted fingerprints like a magnet. Mm. It was always filthy. I took the decision, I take it off. So as soon as I got my iPad 2, I took that case off and I replaced it with a gel, just a gel back on the iPad. Completely changed how I used it. So I'm now very careful with when I get a case, thinking in terms of what do you want to do with this iPad and then picking a case to suit that. Obviously, a gel back's no use if you need to type on it a lot and you want a keyboard. But for that iPad one, it gained a new lease of life and lasted for ages um, with me using it as a control surface. It was amazing. Uh, now, they, now, this was the first of May because this was another one that could have been the first of April, couldn't it? Um, Apple were unhappy with the German cycling path logo. Did you see that logo? I did see that one. Yes. Apple objected to the logo of a new German cycling path in an appeal filed with the German Patent and Trademark Office. They'd taken issue with the logo's green leaf and supposed bitten right side. Attributes the company believes are too similar to its own logo. The logo was actually designed for a new cycling path named Apple Route, which translated into English is Apple Route. But when you look at it, it it's not a solid logo it's like um an inversed well an upside down question mark and it's got apple apple root across it in in letters and it's an outline with an arrow on it the only thing that looks in any way similar it's not particularly the bite is it it's the um leaf at the top other than that that trust me there's no way you are mistaking the two and one's bright red with a green thing at the top but Apple took exception. You wonder if they didn't have an issue with the name too, though, unless they, unless it's because it's the German version of Apple. Could be. Anyway, it reminded me of the time they were going to come after podcasts with the word Mac in the name. That was a close shave, wasn't it? Definitely. I was prepared. To, I was prepared to argue that the M A C was part of another word. That it, that the word was Mac bites. It was a single word. It wasn't Mac bites. It was Mac bites. <laughs> But luckily, that their tentacles of, of um, legal tentacles did not extend to us. Maybe they think we're not important enough. <clears throat> of course we are. You know how we love you, Timmy. You know we do. <laughs> now, by May, Apple's big services push was starting to pay off. Over to you, Mike. For me, head, desk, move along. <laughs> Apple chose to highlight their services division in the earnings call. Yawn. <laughs> At the expense of much mention of the iPhone. So, news, games and video are where it's at, apparently. In other words, subscription, subscription, subscription. Joy. Joy, joy, joy. I consoled myself uh, uh, this these hideous stories in MacBytes After Hours 22, which we called the morning after the night before. Um, we went shopping Big style. And when we say big style, we really do mean big style. And I unboxed it all during the show. So I consoled myself by buying some toys. <laughs> um, however, there was also a story that came out after that, uh, that where it was reported that Apple stores were becoming less shopper friendly. I said that, didn't I? You did. Um, and it was to do with 
um, the retail stores becoming more focused on the branding than actually the people in them. And it's led to more complaints. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, you go in now and you get pounced on what do you want as though you're in the way. And then they direct you somewhere. But I know somebody who went in to have an iPhone repaired and this iPhone, he'd left it for repair. He'd gone back at the appointed hour and said to them, is it ready? And the guy said, yes, it is. Take a seat and I'll sort it out for you. 25 minutes later, he still sat there. When he said something to them, they'd forgotten to go and get it. I mean, that never used to happen, did it? No. I remember going to visit an Apple store and what they'd done was they'd put on a show for um, some people from a training group that we were in and they'd never seen Apple Kit. I will point out this was 2007. 2006, 2007, something like that. And they'd never seen Apple Kit. Uh, do you remember one of them couldn't work out how the mouse worked? Mm. It was like, this is clicking, but there's no buttons on it. This was the level they were at, bless them. And they put a show on. So we knew we were going in that night anyway. And it was a Monday night. And the night before, the 20-inch iMac, which was the first one we we ever bought, had gone up in a plume of smoke. And I do mean, I mean, it banged, didn't it? We were downstairs and there was an almighty bang from upstairs. And we went up and there was smoke coming out the back. And I said, it's fine. I'll just take it in tomorrow night. And I got the box out, put it in the box, turned up to this event. No appointment. Didn't register anything online and nothing, nothing. Just turned up with a dead iMac. Said to the guy, iMac's dead. No rush. Whenever you can sort it. He said, yep, fine. No problem. So I said, well, I'm back on Friday. I said, but, you know, it doesn't matter if it's another week. He went, no, no, no. It'll definitely be done by Friday. I got a phone call Tuesday night. It's ready. You can come in whenever you like. Now that is service. You can't automate that with your systems and your processes and all your people in different coloured shirts. Just actually fix the problem that I've got and then I'm happy. Then there are no complaints. So less shopper friendly. Oh, I'll say. I'll say. Then there was a story, you know, of like things that tech does not need to be involved in. I thought this one fitted that. What do you think? I think you're right. Where you go. This was the Nike one. Find the perfect shoe size using your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. No, I, Have I you ever thought of taking your shoe off and looking at the size underneath? <laughs> Just an explain. idea. Nike revealed augmented reality feature that will let you find the perfect shoe size using your iPhone. Using augmented reality, you'll be able to scan your feet directly within the Nike mobile app to find the right shoe size to wear. When we were kids... They used a mechanical foot measure, if you were lucky. And a tape measure, if you weren't. <laughs> Can I just say, I've got visions here. Terrifying nightmare visions of this story becoming juxtaposed with the story about Apple taking on the OBGYN people. I'm now moving along before I have to think any more about that. Yeah, move on, move on. Oh, I'm leaving the next one to you as well. The one that was something sexy for me, yes. Microsoft brings insert data from picture Excel feature to iOS devices. Something sexy for me. Oh, he got his teeth into mm, that. Yeah, you can, you can take a photo of tabular data. So you've got a piece of paper with a table of data on it and Excel on iOS will convert it into editable data. And I demonstrated this in MacBytes After Hours 38. But the end of May saw a huge announcement, didn't it? Oh, yes. In MapBytes after I was 25, we launched our very own radio station, MapBytes FM. That's where you can hear the show before its official release. Oh, it was fabulous. 
And then we were into June. And the WWDC opening day started off well with a new Mac Bytes. Um, this was for people who potentially had missed the huge announcement. Um, so we re-announced it on that day and it went out for WWDC, which was just as well because I feel that was the highlight of the day. Most definitely. Yes. Should, should we summarise WWDC? Go on. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. But that could be just us. But actually, of course, it wasn't just us. You should have heard the chat room during the live show. Um, they were more incensed than we were, something I didn't think was possible. Basically, WWDC turned into a fiasco of subscription, subscription, subscription. It's like, um, what's his name, isn't it? Developer, developer, developer. Steve Ballmer. Oh, yes, Ballmer. Yes, developer, developer. If you've never seen the developer video, you need to see it. But just change the word to subscription, and that's what it was like. So... Although there were some nice things announced, it kind of, for people in the chat room, it was more like, it's just subscription, subscription, subscription. And the good stuff got completely overwhelmed by all the subscriptions, to be honest, including other things announced with the health feature that I can't go into or I'll get really upset. So I'm leaving that. Um, and then as if that was, as if the reaction of the MacBiters wasn't enough, uh, Spotify piddled on Apple's parade as well. They got the European regulators involved um, in relation to, they called the App Store a monopoly. Isn't that still rumbling on? I'm pretty sure it is. But Timmy hit back the following day, you know, in this passive aggressive style that he has. Timmy says Apple should be scrutinised, but the Spotify are wrong and the company is not a monopoly. So there you go. Now, a couple of days after that, only 12 years after we took to the airways with MacBytes, Barack and Michelle Obama decide to follow in our footsteps. We lead where others follow. Uh, they're going to produce a podcast for Spotify. Have you ever heard about that since? Because I haven't. No. That could be just me, though. I shall go and search Spotify and see if it's there. Do you think they're as funny as we are? Uh, do they have two iPhones talking to each other? Well, they could probably afford to have 22, but probably not. <laughs> I must listen. I must see what it's about. Because if they ever do a Mac podcast, yes. maybe we should interview them. Maybe we should invite them onto Mac Bites. Let's see your podcasting credentials then, people. <laughs> Can you cope with it? <laughs> uh, uh, now, um, then what was that? Oh, yes. Amazon were leapfrogging Apple and Google. Now, we don't like to pay too much attention to what, what the money men think of our favourite tech companies, but clearly others do. And uh, Amazon surpassed the pair of them. Were you thrilled with that story? Not at all. No, me neither. I was far more interested in the other story um, that iMovie for iPad was going pro. I had visions of what pro meant, but it actually meant green screen support, uh, new soundtracks and lots, lots more. And then I realised, have I ever used iMovie on an iOS device? Probably not. And I do remember that I used it once. And you know how I can remember I used it once? No. <laughs> because I only used it the once. <laughs> I, I did it with the iPhone 4. Uh, and I took that video of the dog in the garden. Remember when Maya was howling at the ambulance? Mm. Something he did regularly. So obviously I could hear the ambulance coming in the distance and I got my phone ready and he was playing around in the garden and then the ambulance got nearer and he went into full-blown pay-homage mode. Um, and that was the only time I ever used it. And I think it was more a case of because I could than because it was a good idea. But um, they've added features, so 
in the end, we'll all be using it on an iPad, won't we? Because there'll be no such things as desktop computers. But uh, they also announced on the very same day, so it's a busy day, that uh, a new iCloud for Windows app. Now, you use Windows more than I do. Would I use iCloud? Um, I tend to use it in a browser. Oh, good grief. That's worse than using iCloud. <laughs> I guess if it lets me access my files, then what little files I have on iCloud, I presume it's for iCloud Drive, then it might be worth it. I must admit, I did have some files in iCloud in manually created folders, so not belonging to apps. And I moved them because the management was such a nightmare, which we talked about on the last show. But I just, I'm thinking the files that I do have on iCloud, probably they're in folders that are married with an app. And those apps are probably not available on Windows. So, no, I cannot see me bothering with that at, at all. I was far more interested in the next story that came out, which was um, whether you would be prepared to pay to surf. So if you've been using the Internet for, for long enough, you may recall browsers used to be available as paid apps. I know it's shocking, isn't it? But I remember paying for Opera and there were other browsers that were paid for apps and it seems firefox are intending to return to those days i wonder what those surfing would make of that would you pay no but you don't mind handing over all your personal information to google chrome it's what incognito modes for anything incognito to google I do use a lot of browsers in lots of different ways. Firefox is my primary browser at the moment. Graham won me over in the end with it. it took him about 12 years, but he did it. And um, I think I probably would be prepared to pay because I want features that I want. And if that keeps them going, they do run a thing. The Mozilla Foundation do run like a donation system. And I did give them a donation. So that sort of clearly says to me I would be prepared to pay. But you know what my living nightmare would be, don't you? Go on. Firefox has gone subscription. <laughs> that would be bad news. Uh, and you know something else that Apple managed to kill off last year? What was that? Dashboard. I thought I was dead years ago. It's funny because when I got a Mac, it was like when you follow the basic tutorials, like, you know, we couldn't turn it off and stuff like that. Um, when I came to look at the dashboard, I thought, oh, this is so cool. This is so useful. You put your widgets in. And I did all of that. Do you know, I never used it. It was just something that was there. I never used it. So I won't miss that going away. I haven't done the Catalina thing yet, but I still won't miss it going away. It's just something that was one of those things you thought would be more useful than it actually was. Do you know what I was reminded of as I read that? Do you remember that live desktop thing on Windows? Oh, yeah. In the 90s. Mm. Um, you basically had a live desktop. So if you can imagine what your dashboard would look like with your widgets on it, which have news in them maybe and stuff like that. It was like that, but it was on your desktop. And the problem with it was you had to be online for everything to update. And back in the 90s, who was online 24-7? It was a dial-up system. So there were just lots of question marks on your desktop. So it didn't work. It's strange. That was with Internet Explorer 4. And it's strange that they took that away then. You know, obviously, that doesn't work. But now we are all on always on connections. They didn't bring it back because now it would actually be more useful than it ever was then. But never mind. Dashboard's going. R.I.P. In the meanwhile, while they're tearing stuff out, uh, Microsoft were adding 
to our, our selection of potential to do apps. They bought Wonderlist and they've rolled its feature set into a new free app called Microsoft To Do. Now, at the beginning, I first looked at it, I thought this is pretty basic. But actually, it's eminently usable, isn't it? It's very usable. You can share tasks, have multiple lists. Um, there's an iOS app, it's completely cross-platform. The only people who are really peeved about this is the Wunderlist people who have been using that for years and years and don't particularly want to use Microsoft to do. And the bad news there is that's going away very soon. So they'll have no choice or to switch to something else. Um, while we're talking about things going away, Google sunsets their tablets. I've got two Google tablets. I've got two Nexus 7, so I've got a Rev 1 and a Rev 2. The Rev 1's very, very dicey, but the Rev 2, it was actually still working. So we're looking at eight years on from buying it. It was still working. I'm quite impressed with that. But they assure us they're not going to make tablets anymore. Which was not quite as shocking as the next item, although in hindsight, I think the writing was on the wall. It was the 27th of June when Apple announced that Johnny I was leaving the company. So he was only the latest one to go, really, but it's probably the most surprising. But he hadn't really been involved or he didn't feel to me he'd been involved. What do you think? Not for a long time. Not for a long time, no. Um, you know, we'd stopped seeing those videos of his. Yes, during the keynotes. In the keynotes. So I think you're right. He had pulled back a lot or they'd pulled him back. I know he was working a lot on the Apple campus, but you're not going to sell stuff that's... I mean, how old is the iMac design now? I think that's eight years old as well. There are now things that might be updated, but yeah, we've lost Johnny. Poor Johnny. He was leaving to start his own company. The twist to that was with Apple as a client, but how long was that going to last? <laughs> Months rather than years was our best prediction. I think it had been self-evident for a while. He didn't look happy is what I would say. And I know a lot was mentioned about him wanting to come back to the UK with his children, but I, I didn't feel it was that. I just thought he didn't look happy at Apple. Yeah, he probably didn't like the way it was going. Subscription, subscription, subscription. <laughs> because he wasn't designing the subscriptions. Exactly. <laughs> at least we finished the month on a high because uh, we had another after hours and, you know, we unboxed cake. We unboxed more cake. You really need to watch an after hours. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we um we had several Alexas that we uh, Echo devices that we unboxed, but we did have a huge Cherry Bakewell cake. Now Graham is quite a fan of Cherry Bakewells, and this was enormous. It was actually bigger than the uh, Alexa devices we were unboxing. So we had great fun. By the first of July, we were hearing that Johnny had left because he was dispirited, which is what we've just said, wasn't it? Yes, it apparently was manifesting itself in a failure to show up at meetings. I can understand that. Yes, you feel like that at work sometimes yes, too. all the time. Yeah, a claim called absurd by a vocal Timmy, last seen circling the wagons. I think it, he looked less than happy. So I, I think there's probably some truth into in that. And Timmy doesn't want to admit it, but never mind. Uh, they then announced Up Next Live. Cool beans, I thought. Free concerts at Apple stores. Then we read the list of those performing. Current status? Feeling very old. Did you recognise any of them? 
I've heard of Lewis Capaldi. Well, so have I, but I got confused and thought it was Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who. <laughs> I was just gonna I was just gonna say, wasn't he in Doctor Who? Easily yeah. done, I claimed. Easily done. Oh dear. No, I, I was back in my comfort zone when I started seeing some hairy scary photos of Apple battery failures. Um, it was the 2015 MacBook Pro battery issue again, and um, a lot of the stories about it had photos and they were scary. The batteries were expanding to such a degree, they were pushing the, the trackpad up and outwards and you couldn't use the trackpad. I'm very glad I didn't buy a 2015 MacBook Pro. When did I buy? Yeah, I last buy a MacBook Pro. Oh, yes. 2006 was the first and only MacBook Pro that I've ever bought. It was the beautiful 17 inch. And it was fabulous, particularly because you could take the battery out and put another one in. I had three batteries. It was lovely. They should go back to that. And then it's about emoji. So I'm going to give it you before I start getting excited. Was there any makeup involved in this one? Exactly. You see what I mean? I start getting giddy. Immortalising Achievement Memoji Style. Oh, yes. Apple's website celebrated the US Women's World Cup victory with a Memoji tribute. Is this a thing? Apparently so. Current status? Feeling very old. Let's move on. <laughs> You'll be feeling even more old with the next story. I know it's about games. I've got to give it you. I don't play games. Um, Our yeah, gaming started and finished with Super Monkey Ball or Cro-Mag Rally. Yeah, Apple relaunched the Texas Hold'em game. Never never played that one. Uh, to celebrate the 10th anniversary of, of the App Store. And as you say, our gaming started and finished with Super Monkey, mm, Super Monkey Ball, or as I've written in the note, is Money Ball. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Apple's game. That's subscription, subscription, subscription. <laughs> Yeah, super this subscription game ball. that you're talking about, this Texas Hold'em, what is it? I've no idea. Is it a card game? I've no idea. Because I've got the most unfortunate images of crossing the Texas Hold'em game with the OBGYN thing. Move along. Let's talk about the Apple manual that cost $10,000 before I get myself arrested. It was a manual for the Apple One, an operations manual. Only 200 were ever made and only 175 were sold. So it's an extremely rare item, almost as rare as a manual for any Apple product today. And um, bidding on it got very excited. Um, the manual dated back to 1976 and it sold for 10 grand. Wow. Uh, would you pay 10 grand for a manual for anything these days? No. No, it'd be subscription these <laughs> days, just saying. <clears throat> Apple also released what they're calling a modest update to the MacBook Pro. The update might have been modest, but guess what? The price certainly wasn't. They took the opportunity in the UK to raise the price by a minimum of £50 and at the top end of the range by £100. Each model now has a touch bar, but still, £100 increase for that? I'd probably pay £100 to take it away. But that paled into insignificance when the next crisis hit. This should be Zoomgate, you know. Oh, yeah. Zoomgate. I like that. Yes. It was a serious zero-day vulnerability in the Zoom video conferencing app, um, and it was widely publicly disclosed. Oh, indeed. So you'd think to yourself, oh, big crisis. I'll uninstall it. Not so fast. Simply uninstalling the app didn't help. If you're wondering why, it was because Zoom installed a local host web server as a background process. 
And that process could reinstall the Zoom client without requiring any user interaction besides visiting a web page. Really? Yeah, Apple were having none of that. They deployed the big guns. What are the big guns, I hear you saying? An automatic Mac software update, which installs whether you like it or not. They always worry me, those, because the number of times I come to install an Apple update and something goes hideously wrong, the thought of it doing it and me not being able to stop it's horrific. However, so far, whenever the Apple have deployed it, it's been all right and it's put things right. So, um, yes, the Zoom zero day bug, otherwise known, Zoomgate. Also, Apple retired the 12 inch MacBook. I like the 12 inch. Do you remember that one when we very first got a Mac and we went to the Mac Club? Somebody had one of the original laptops and it was 12 inch. It was much thicker than the ones these days. It was like a brick. Do you remember it? Vaguely, yeah. It was, I said, I oh, 12 inch is nice. That's nice. Um, so the 12 inch I did quite like. I'm guessing it was probably underpowered by comparison to the pros considerably, like that white one you had. But yes, it's gone. Having said that, when it was still there and I had a choice, I went for the MacBook Air. Uh, and it was an inch bigger. But I've also got a MacBook Air that's an inch smaller. But yes, it's gone. Now, remember Angela? Angela that left. Angela Ahrens. She was a guest on the RBC Disruptors podcast and proudly proclaimed that Apple retail employee retention rate rose from 61% to a historic high of nearly 89% during her five years at Apple. Hmm. Do you think she'd got them on subscription? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you had to pay to leave. No, she was saying it was because they'd introduced new communication tools for the retail employees. There's an app called Hello that provides a daily summary of need-to-know information and one called Loop that allows the retail employees to share useful tips and tricks among each other to help them do their jobs better. So she's taking credit for that. Anyway, she'd gone. Has she actually left at that point? I think she might have done, you know. Yes, she had, because we mentioned it. And another Google sunset. This time, Google's new the ability to control the Nest thermostats from Apple Watch. Why? Apparently, only a small number of people use the watch apps. Fair enough. They're moving forward in developing a full mobile app. I still think there's benefit to doing it via the watch, you know. Could you see yourself doing that? I could, yeah. Just to show off. I wanted to control our lights with my watch and you can't actually do it. There, There is no, well, there's a third party solution. I'm not doing that. You know, put, put in your Amazon account details into this third party app. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. Um, but there isn't a native app to do it. I, I think that is fairly obvious. I, I understand what they're saying, though, with only a small number of people using watch apps, because folks still stand there slack jawed when we pay for stuff with our watch. But it's a slow burn, Google. Give them a chance. Don't just think no one's using it will bin it. Encourage people to use it because that's actually useful. But moving along, you know all this health kick that Apple are on? Yeah. <clears throat> Did you see the next story? Yes. Apple Pay users can get free McDonald's fries with purchase on Fridays in July. Why didn't I see this at the time? <laughs> oh, keep going. A certain member of the crew, that would be me. It was. was extremely interested <laughs> until he read that it was limited to the USA only. Yes. You see, geographic machinations. 
Yes, we wonder how Apple felt about that, given their investment in all things health-related. I don't think the OBGYNs had anything to say about it. That's how it got past them. That's all I'll say. But it was also this month that Airmail switched to a subscription-based pricing policy. Yes, subscription, subscription, subscription. Now, we actually got a long email from Charles, who found MacBytes podcast through the MacBytes After Hours live stream sessions. So he'd been playing catch up with the last few shows and wrote to make a great point about the subscriptions. He said he'd used Airmail for years because he'd bought the iOS version and he'd bought and paid for the Mac OS version too. And then a few weeks ago, without warning, the developer suddenly switched to a subscription-based pricing model. Now, I'd used that as well, but feeling's pretty much the same as Charles. He was less than impressed because he'd paid for the original apps. And supposedly this subscription business, you know, you wouldn't lose features was the story, but he'd lost access to notifications. So I had a look round and yes, notifications had been held to ransom, only available to those with an active subscription. That is not good. I heard about it at the time and I, I remember thinking I was grateful I'd already moved away from Airmail, but it was a great app and I too bought both of them. And I still had them. They're still actually installed. But and, and I don't use mail notifications, but I was fairly invested in it. Um, I'd bought both the apps. I'd participated in the beta programs for the developer. I'd even sent several bug reports in. Maybe with the benefit of hindsight, I should send him a bill now in retrospect. What do you think? Good idea. Yeah, because the deal now is the apps on iOS are free to download. But then it's $9.99 a year subscription or $2.99 a month. And the free to download thing, actually, that annoys me because as someone like Charles, as, as I've already paid for the apps, it's a little bit the way PDF Expert free to download and the subscribers are paying for the freeloaders, the people who are using the freemium version. I don't think that has got legs, but that's my opinion. The existing purchasers are supposed to retain all the features, except they don't get these notifications. But, you know, moving forward, who knows what will happen? Because I, I always say you can't buy trust and developers seem increasingly willing to just throw trust away. Now, one thing I wasn't previously aware of until I started researching this was the guidelines issued to developers from Apple. And I quote, if you're changing your existing app to a subscription based business model, you should not take away the primary functionality existing users have already paid for. Now, here you certainly no longer have notifications, but the developer claims that removing the notifications from non-subscribers doesn't affect the app's core functionality. So if you remember what Apple said, primary functionality, would you include notifications as being primary functionality of an email app? I would do in an email app, yeah. Yeah, I would. Now, the original post... Um, I started reading this long post and the comments on this post were classically hysterical. The original post must have had a quote, something along the lines of developers need to eat. You can help feed them by paying for products and services. And these were some of the replies. True, but you can't sell someone something and then take it back, telling them they're actually going to have to rent it because you got the pricing wrong. Um, another one. You shouldn't get to change the goalposts. I've bought the full versions of games in the past that automatically updated to needing in-app purchases. 
and lost what I had previously paid for. If you want recurring payments, that's fine, but do it from the start or grandfather existing users. Then another one said, yes, I want to pay an owner license for my software. I just don't want to pay a monthly rent for it. <laughs> the one that got me was, I paid them already, <laughs> which is true. That's how I felt. Other comments made mention of the classic. You know what the classic is, don't you, in subscriptions? The cost of a cup of coffee. The cost of a cup of coffee. Oh, prize to the man there. So one comment was, yet another cup of coffee a month to add to the growing list. I ought to buy a plot in India. Might pay for all the subscriptions developers are saying are absolutely essential to remain in business. That they haven't needed up to now, you'll note. More and more, I use stock apps. At least I know they're not going to go away. And I've been surprised how well they actually work. No, not 100% of what the other apps do, but 80 to 90%. And I get to enjoy drinking my own coffee. Another one was not so not only did they take your money when you first bought it, but they now want to charge you to keep using it and gave you no notice before switching. And at $27 for a mail app on the Mac, what are they thinking? <laughs> now another one's a little bit strong. I don't think we're there yet, but they just committed suicide. There's no coming back from this. Users will jump ship at a record pace. They'll attempt to course correct in the coming months but the damage is done they'll be forced to close shop within a year and a half such a predictable fate so i think we should mark the calendar and keep our eye on that one but a couple of points to consider do apple encourage subscriptions yes they do hence the guidelines that i read they seem to love them because obviously they're taking a cut with this i presume um would you stop using a third-party app due to lack of trust thinking where it's going to be tomorrow would I? Um, yeah, I probably would. I I have done, actually. I The minute I think an app is changing in some, I mean, not particularly this kind of way, there's been a couple of apps that have done really dirty tricks. And they're saying, oh, yes, but you've still got this bit. And I've looked at it and thought, I'm looking, I'm actively looking for an alternative now. Now, there are some decent trustworthy alternatives or trustworthy up to a point because I'm about to mention Google. But uh, Spark, Spark already have a business model. Their business model is to charge businesses um, for extra features. But everybody else, Spark is free. There's Google Mail. I actually switched to Google Mail from Spark. I can't be doing with um, threaded emails. And I know you can't no. either, can you? That's why I gave up on Spark. Yeah, the threading of emails drives me insane. If I'm writing to five people individually, but the subject line's the same for all of them, it's not intelligent enough to know that you know that reply wasn't a reply to the other one. And then everything gets messy. I actually thought of another alternative, you know, just give up email. Mm. That's an option. That'd work, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you could, if you could, you can give up email. I don't think we're there yet. Um, I tend to use personally Google Mail, the Google Mail app, or this will shock everybody. Outlook. Outlook's got two nice features. You can favourite folders. You wouldn't think that was rocket science, would you? But the others don't. So if I want to move a mail in Google Mail, I have to navigate all the way through the folder structure. But if I want to do it in Outlook, I don't need to. So Outlook does have uses for me. But yes, that, that wasn't good this year. It really wasn't. But we did have a laugh in the after hours, didn't we? When I explained why I'd made a presentation with over 400 slides before you start panicking. It was to go on. Um, it's like a kiosk thing, wasn't it? Yeah. It was to go while we were having a meal. 
this presentation was running and it was, was it 40 years or more? Must be more. 700. How many years is that? Let's divide that by that. About 58, 57. Uh, yes, 58 years. 61. It was 58 years worth of news stories. So I picked sort of two or three for every year and then put this presentation together and then showed how I made it because it, it was... No mean feat to uh, juggle that lot in keynote. That is the kind of job that makes me think, you know, I should I should write to Timmy and it'll probably take about 50 pages to tell him what's missing from keynote that I really like, preferably tomorrow. Like that's going to happen. Uh, because in terms of Apple listening to us, they really don't, do they? Tell us what they renamed the playlist to, Mike. The hip hop playlist on Apple Music was renamed to Rap Life. As I said, different name, same music. Mm. Sorry, the artist formerly known as hip hop is just not our cup of tea. I wouldn't know. If you played me some hip hop, I couldn't tell you it was hip hop. <laughs> I'm afraid. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I don't have a subscription to Apple Music, so I could move along and ignore that one. Uh, but there was yet another story involving a subscription, and that was 1Password, who I tend to think better of. You know, when you're talking about trust, very important if it's your password app. But they brought out an update that silently removed the option to use a local vault. Now, the idea was that would bypass the need to subscribe. If you used a local vault, you don't need to subscribe. Now, if you are using, or at this stage, if you were using a local vault, you already had that enabled, it would continue to work. So, no harm done then, you would think. But, should you need to reinstall, or maybe you had the need to set up a new device, you'd be straight out of luck without a subscription. This was pointed out to 1Password. They backtracked. But, writing's on the wall for the rise of the subscription-based software. I mean, that's death by a thousand cuts, isn't it? Yeah. At the moment, you know, if it's all there and it's all working, it'll be fine. But we just just quietly take that bit away. And then we'll quietly take another bit away. And before you know it, there's a subscription or nothing. Oh, and as if, as if that wasn't bad enough, what did the end of July bring, Mike? An earnings call. Yay! $10 billion profit on a $53.8 billion revenue, highest June quarter revenue ever. Can't you tell the excitement in my voice? <laughs> yeah, it's palpable, Mike, palpable. <laughs> Have you noticed? So, so just a minute, where's the money coming from? Because so far we've had, we're doomed with iPhones and iMacs. Services. Apple services revenue hits a new all-time high of $11.46 billion dollars. Wearables. Now that's just proving the point that you can sell thin air to people then. Wearables, home and accessories category, which includes devices like AirPods and Apple Watch, set a new June quarter revenue record of $5.5 billion, up from $3.7 billion in the year ago quarter. Let us translate that for you. We made loads of money. That'll do move along, nothing to say. Ah... Uh... Oh, August started with a good laugh. I don't know if you saw this ad, but I did, and I thought it was funny. Um, Microsoft had surpassed themselves by finding a guy called Mackenzie Book, known to his friends as MacBook, to recommend the Surface Laptop to. 
<laughs> like that. Let's call it payback for all those Mac and PC ads years ago. I love those. Cancel or allow. I absolutely love them. But yes, uh, MacBook was advertising a Surface laptop too. Do you think Apple are going around the world looking for somebody called Surface Laptop now? Maybe they are. <laughs> they'll find somebody. If they give them enough money, they'll change their name. Oh, dear. And then it was announced that Google had more cash than Apple. And this matters to whom precisely? Oh, yes, the money men. So nothing to see. Move along. Until the next story that I came to, which was Apple are being sued again. And I thought, oh, come on. It's like Groundhog Day, this. This time it was um, the claims of intentionally throttling older iPhones. So it was um, a performance management system that Apple brought in, if you remember. I do. I think my phone would have been a lot worse hit, uh, but for the fact I just changed the battery. Uh, but yes, they're being sued again. However, the next story has to be for me the story of the year. Does it for you? One of them. Mm, Siri gate. Where is Siri? He's very quiet. I'm not surprised with this. Apple News came of Apple suspending the employee programme that lets employees listen to Siri recordings. Is this an issue, you might think? Uh, well, the thing is, you couldn't opt out of it. Therefore, none of us ever opted into it. And they did it anyway. Can I just refer you back to that story where Timmy mentioned Apple and Trust in the same sentence? Not much evidence of it here. Anyway, they decided they would suspend the thing. So um, they suspended their Siri recordings listening program. What happened the next day? Google and Amazon did exactly the same with their human review of voice assistant recordings. So basically everybody's listening to you. You do realise then on that basis, they get to hear a mic bites before anybody else on the planet, including us. This is true. <laughs> uh, Apple tried then to kind of mask the crisis and fallout from that with the Apple card arriving. Now, when I say the Apple card arriving in the US, obviously, no sign of it here. Is it available here yet? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. It's certainly not being pushed. Let's put it like that. So uh, for us, move along, nothing to see. There's a lot of move along, nothing to see here, isn't there? But while everybody else was getting giddy over that, uh, the, the only part of that that I thought was absolutely hysterical was where they released a video showing you how to clean it. Whereas I've opened doors with mine and scraped the car clean. Never mind. You've got to wrap it in tissue paper. But I like that bit. But other than that, no. Um, then, then, Microsoft made a sort of announcement. You know the eavesdropping bandwagon? They Microsoft contractors it. were found listening to some audio calls. Mm. When thought I, and you know, because I, I don't have Cortana turned on, um, apparently when the Skype translator feature is active. Do you use that? No. I have done in a demo, but I don't use it. I thought you might at work because you've got lots of different languages. Uh, I've never used it. Didn't even know it was there. <laughs> but then I'm on the Mac, so maybe it's not. Um, so, yes, they, they were listening as well. So basically everybody on the planet is listening to you. You must take from this that you, you are obviously infinitely fascinating. I don't know where they've got the time. I really don't. And all of this eavesdropping, guess what happened the next day? Another day, another lawsuit. 
unlawful and intentional recording of confidential Siri requests. Yes, another class action. I wasn't invited to be part of that. Maybe Siri doesn't listen to me. Actually, that's fairly true. Siri doesn't listen to me at all. Uh, then there was the um, Apple Watch catching dementia. I read that totally wrong. I thought the Apple Watch was catching dementia. <laughs> Not that it was catching people's potential dementia. Do you think this is health tech gone crazy? Would you actually want to know? Wouldn't it just worry you? What if it was wrong? But, well, I'll say it was a new study and it was aiming to discover if the iPhone and the Apple Watch could catch early signs of dementia. Like I'm saying, the earlier it is, the less likely, likely it is to be accurate. However, I had a think about this and thought, you know, OK, let's get serious about this health malarkey. And I decided without a doubt they can certainly detect early signs of lunacy, given the cost and how many people buy. No more news on that. Don't know how they're going on with that. I'd have thought what would be far more useful than that is um, monitoring glucose for um, diabetics. As we've got a lot of friends who are diabetic. When we go out... A good percentage of them are actually sat at the table and they're taking readings between every meal. I know you can get certain... There's a patch, isn't there? What's it had one? Um, Theresa May, one of our many prime ministers in the last five minutes. Um, but they're not available globally, so a lot of people are still doing the old stick thing. So that would be far more imminently useful, I would have thought, than telling you age 23 you could potentially have dementia when you're 94. Yeah, I don't think I'd find that particularly useful. Apple would rather we had dementia. You'd lose track of how many subscriptions you had. Uh, then there was Spotify loving Apple. Who's waited a long time for this one, babe? Me. Yay! Spotify and Apple are in talks to let Siri play Spotify content. That would be really handy for me, mainly in the car. So I could just, because all my music's in Spotify and not Apple Music, so Siri doesn't play nicely. Well, doesn't play at all with Spotify. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would be great if and when that happened. Watch this space, I guess. Just think if one of Apple's conditions is you've got to have the hip hop playlist, which is now called what? I've forgotten. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> that lasted well. See, I knew what hip hop, what rap life. There rap you go, life. rap life. This is all too confusing for somebody of my age. Somehow, in the midst of all this chaos, we managed to get another show out, Predictive Analytics with Mrs Brown's Bunions. According to my notes, we discussed Evernote, Passwords, Cardhop and OmniFocus. I'm sure we did. If we did, I have no recollection of what we said. Do you think that's a sign of early dementia? <laughs> no, it means you need to go back and listen to the show. Oh, would that I had time. If I go back and listen to all the shows, I'll have no time to make a show. Uh, anyway, in the meanwhile, the dark side surfing happened and an official beta of a new browser from Microsoft landed, Microsoft Edge. They were announced. Why is this of significance to a Mac user? Well, it's the first time there's been a Microsoft browser on Mac for years. I, at that point, was not in the slightest bit excited. And I'm sure you weren't even unaware of this. I was unaware of it. There you go. So I thought, yeah, not bothered. Not bothered. But when it came out, I actually installed it. It's actually pretty decent. So I, I must leave my scepticism at the door on occasions. Now, then Apple lost more staff. This time it was quite significant. There were tears before bedtime here. Siri's dad left Apple. That's Bill. Now, I'm presuming this is Stasia. Could be Stasia. I didn't know Siri had a dad. He Well, clearly. Well, neither did I, but obviously he did. 
he's the former head of Siri development. Guess where he's gone? Microsoft as, as corporate VP of technology. Do you think Siri could, could be jumping ship? He could be. <gasps> going to the that dark bad, side. Talking of jumping ship. Imagine this one didn't actually jump ship. It just kind of withered and died. Who recalls that exorbitantly priced coffee table book Apple brought out? Not exactly top of your mind, we'd suspect, given it was such an odd thing to do. It was in 2016 and there were two different sizes of the book. There was one at £199 and another, at, uh, actually that's dollars, $199 and $299. Again, you'll notice I said $199 rather than $199 because that's what I would have thought it was. It covered the Apple products released from the iMac in 1998 to the Apple Pencil in 2015. The news was that it was no longer available. Now, given the news about Johnny leaving Apple, starts to look like a tribute to his design work, doesn't it? As though they knew years ago and they brought that out as a tribute. I'll say no more. But it is no more. No, we didn't buy one. <clears throat> I mean, why? Beautiful photos, fair enough. But really, no, not happening. Siri Gate started again then when... Um, the Irish Examiner, the newspaper, gave more information regarding the, and the, its proper name, is the suspended Siri grading programme. But according to one of the contractors who worked on the programme in Cork, Ireland, you know where they needed to pay tax on things, that one, they were expected to listen to more than a thousand recordings per shift. Good grief, there's a job. Um, apparently, most of the recordings were just a few seconds, but occasionally employees would hear personal data or snippets of conversation. We're assured, though, that contractors primarily heard Siri commands. Hmm. But as I said, it's a big deal because we didn't sign up for anybody listening. So a thousand recordings. It makes you wonder how bad Siri actually is. I notice he's still not here defending himself. Uh, that one's going to rumble on, isn't it? Uh, but there was a little bit of good news in the midst of all this crisis and calamity and class action lawsuits. Um, a new version of Net Newswire. Net Newswire was one of my favourites back in the day. It's an RSS feed reader and it had switched ownership many times, but it ended up back in the hands of the original developer who completely re rebuilt it. And it is now available free and open source with reportedly an iOS version in development. So just as I was basking in that and trying it out, you know what happened next, Mike? Go on. All these RSS feeds, Apple RSS feeds, downloaded into it. And what was the first thing I set eyes on? An apology from Apple. Yes, a day late and a dollar short yet again. Apple announced it will resume its Siri quality evaluation process in the fall with several privacy-focused changes. In other words, as it should have been done in the first place. So there would then be um, an option to opt in. Have you been faced with that option yet, Mike? Haven't seen it. In that case, he's probably said yes to it because it was there. It was there in the iOS 13 update and I said, no, go away. There's only Siri can hear me. No <laughs> so idea you probably what... said yes. No idea what I said. <laughs> Just blindly brilliant, tapped. Brilliant. Uh, then we're, we're heading towards the end of August and Apple announced the great iPhone event of 2019. And as predicted, we'd predicted it, hadn't we? 10th of September. Um, it was going to be known as by innovation only. 
Hmm. So that was September sorted then. But time for one more catastrophic story, wasn't there, before August ended? There was. Apple had already recalled some 2015 15-inch MacBook Pro models with faulty batteries. And airlines around the world started to implement bans, some which affected other non-impacted MacBook Pro models. Qantas Airways actually banned all 15-inch MacBook Pro models from checked-in luggage. They must remain switched off for the duration of the flight. All to do with safety. I've got to agree with them, to be honest. It's not their job to work out which precise model is the one with the crisis. And, you know, these these people on the flights may be pretty annoyed they can't use their laptops. But you'd be less happy if you were using your laptop and it exploded. Like we said with that iMac of yours, the 20-inch iMac, it exploded. We found it up here with smoke coming out. But obviously in, in a house, it's less catastrophic than it would be in an aircraft. So had to be done. Had to be done. Now, the beginning of September saw the first Apple TV show canned before the service even launched. Binned, canned, whatever. Um, Apple are not moving forward with, like I said, binned, canned. A show set to feature Richard Gere. Hmm, that would have been nice. But it never happened. I wonder why before it had even started. But we never got any further details on that. Um, but then just just to wind me up, you know, in the week before the Apple event, where, when you, you're giddy because you're going to get a new iPhone, just to wind me up, a story I stumbled across. Why they are telling us this in what was September 2019, I don't know. Apple were working on a new Siri feature for release in iOS 15. Just Just to save you the maths, that's the fall of 2021. It will allow users to have a back and forth conversation about health problems. Sorry, a back and forth conversation. I'm presuming they're meaning with a health professional rather than some idiot listening to Siri conversations at Apple HQ. But it doesn't actually say that. So basically, now your phone can nag you about your choices as much as your partner or your parent. Mm. Great stuff. No, no. It was more a case of where do I opt out rather than where do I sign up? It did not make that clear that it was a health professional. You know what my first thought was reading that? Go on. Well, any time you ring anywhere, you know, like the bank building society, a shop, what, what's the first thing you hear on the phone? Press one for this, two for that. Calls are recorded for training purposes. Guess what? Not happening. No, 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 no. Anyway, I've got, I've got 18 months before I have to contemplate that. Somehow, in the midst of all that, we managed to get another show out. Otis rides again while playing Vatican Roulette. Mm. Yes, there was more diabolically dodgy doings in Didcot in that one, and even the Pope made an appearance. We should have sent him a copy, you know. But before we knew it, it was the night before the keynote, and we'd put out a special show exclusively on MacBytes FM. It was live, and we chatted about the following day's keynote, the one at which the iPhone was expected. I enjoyed that, and so did the people listening. I think, because we had a live chat room, I think we should do that again, Mike. We should. I think there'll be another keynote next month, and I think we should do that the night before. That was fun, that. Then it was keynote day, and for once, and this literally must be the first time in about four years, the MacBytes chat room people were thrilled with the news from Apple HQ. I think it was the phone that did it. But not before another calamity, because what else did they announce? A subscription. Another one, just for good measure, just another one. 
Keeping true to their word of the year, Apple introduced another subscription-based service. This time it was Apple Care Plus. Whenever you see a plus, start to panic, Mike. It basically means we're going to mug you every month. And it's a rolling monthly subscription to the Premier Protection Plan. Now, the idea was, instead of it lasting for three years, as long as you keep paying every month, they would extend the coverage beyond the standard length. Unbridled joy. Not. Because it made me think, what do I do at the point of purchase? Because that's when you have to make the decision. Do you take it for the three years or do you take it on a monthly basis? Luckily, it didn't actually come to that. But then there was a story you were quite interested in because you said it had happened to you. It had happened to me. Yes, there was a grace period for App Store subscriptions where subscribers who experience unsuccessful auto-renewals will be able to continue to use an app's paid content while Apple attempts to collect payment. And why it's happened to me is because I usually forget to put enough iTunes vouchers onto my account, and then I'll get an email from Apple saying, a problem with your payment. Oh, no, I haven't had that yet, but um, the day could come, I'm sure. The day after that was iPhone pre-order day. And as soon as people were ordering, they were reporting that they got prepared to ship notifications. However, we were without a paddle in the dispatch department for days and days and days and days. I don't think they even bothered telling me it was on its way, if you recall. The DPD man told me that in the end. Now, while between ordering and the phone arriving, Apple lost more staff. Is there anybody left at Apple? Last one out, turn the lights off. <laughs> turn the lights out and close the door. It was Steve Dowling, Vice President of Communications. He's done a grand job in that job. I'd never heard of him. But that could just be me. Been there 16 years. With Cuddly Phil taking over on an interim basis. They're now job sharing. That's scary, isn't it? Very. Mm. Anyway, the day before the iPhone day, iOS 13 launched. I didn't install that that night, you know, for the first time ever. Because I didn't have a phone I was prepared to risk it on. Not until the new one arrived the next day, that was for sure. But with iOS 13 came, altogether now, a subscription. subscription. It was the game sub, Apple Arcade. We still are beating hearts yet again. Mm. Anyway, in much better news, we were hoping to lose the jumping bean icons. Do you remember that? I do, vaguely. Vaguely? It, I thought I was, I, I, it's good job I don't drink. Or I would have thought I'd had far too much. Basically, what was happening for us, it had plagued iOS 12 since it was released. You'd have your phone in your hand and you'd just be looking at the screen, not in, not in an app, just looking at the screen, making your mind up which one you were going to tap and all of the icons would start moving. They were all like jiggling, but not jiggling with the cross in the corner, just moving. And the first couple of times I thought, I really need, need to see the optician. And it happened that often in the end, I said to Mike, can you just look at this? And, and you watched it and you went, yeah, mine does that all the time. I went, oh, right. So it's not me then. Anyway, iOS 13 cured the problem. This is how they get you to update, isn't it? Put something calamitous in the last version and then you've got no choice. That's how come I ended up on Mojave. Because you, you deliberately decided you weren't updating the High Sierra update. And I decided I was going to leave it alone as well. But then I decided I would put the last one on. You know that badge, it really does nag your OCD. So I thought, I'll put this last update on. And that was the end of, everybody heard of me for days and days. I could not get this thing installed. In the end, I had no option but to do Mojave. 
the day will come with Catalina, just not yet. So having got over the game subscription, the next day was iPhone 11 day. Oh, it was exciting. We did have a fabulous day, eventually. Hairy moment when the delivery driver went AWOL on the way here. You can hear all about that in Matt Bites 123. Even Timmy was out that day, wasn't he? Do you think he was in the queue for an iPhone? Uh, I'm sure he wasn't. No, I'm sure he already had one. Hot on the heels of Apple Arcade came Google Gaming. The alliterative ones, the alliterative subscriptions. Um, It was a Google Play Pass with 350 games on Android. Needless to say, available only in the US initially. Must be great to live there. They get everything first. Um, In the meanwhile, we we had the need to be in two places at once, didn't we? And how we achieved that was with a YouTube premiere. It's basically a pre-recorded show. We were there, but we weren't there, if you see what we mean. What we did manage to do was actually be in the chat at the same time. So basically, there was two of us, wasn't there? There was. We were there talking. We were there in the chat. It was brilliant. We loved it. (laughs) Then Amazon brought out an event. They had an event. And the Apple events have been mediocre, apart from the iPhone 11 one. This Amazon event was just like being hit with a Gatling gun. They released more new devices than you could keep up with. And I mean that literally. There were smart speakers of all descriptions. There were Echo Buds. There was more Echo devices. I think there was about 25 in total. New tablets, you name it, they announced it. And as I'm following or trying to follow along with it, I thought, you know what? You can actually announce too much at a keynote. It's it's like the, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You can't have too little. You can't have too much. It's got to be just right. I don't think any of them have had it just right for a long, long time. And then, well, what happened on the 30th, Mike? Apple News Plus launched in the UK. What's that? What is it? A subscription. Now, this one, to be honest, it has already been released, if you remember. This is a secondary release in the UK and Australia. Getting money out of people in America wasn't enough. They then had to come on to us. Yeah, well, I still didn't subscribe. No, me neither. Move on. Now, in October, Apple supported the Big Draw, the world's largest annual drawing festival. And they did that with free hands-on art sessions at the Apple stores worldwide throughout October. Guess who one of the patrons of the Big Draw is? Go on, have a guess. Me. You're warm. Only our favourite artist, David Hockney. If you've no idea why David Hockney is a favourite here at Matt Bites Headquarters, you need to check out a couple of the previous shows. There was last year's annual review of Shooting Through 2018, and then there was 119, which was Road Warriors. Um, I think there's another mention as well, wasn't there, towards the end of the year? You need to listen to all of the previous Matt Bites shows, that's what you need to do. But hot on the heels of Apple supporting the big draw came Microsoft's event. They'd announced their event, I think, actually about the time Apple did, but it was three weeks later. Now, talk about giving you notice of a a launch. Microsoft surpassed themselves this time. The new toys they actually talked about, so the toys in question, won't launch for at least a year after the event. They are called Neo and Duo and are two foldable dual display devices. Now, before you scoff, if these devices were from Apple, you'd be drooling over them in a very inelegant way. Neo has a wonder bar. Wonder bar, wonder bar, wonder bar. 
it as a more useful version of the Apple Touch Bar. Were you tempted to maybe get excited a year from now? No. Really? I thought you'd quite mm. like them. Well, I've got a Surface. Yes, but it's not a foldable Surface, is it? Hasn't got a Wonder Bar, has it? I'll paint one on. <laughs> It'd probably be more useful. Never mind. Now, more news of Johnny. More news of Johnny. Uh, Johnny is appearing. He's making appearances now, isn't he? Now he's gone. Um, the London National Portrait Gallery commissioned a portrait of the departing design chief. It was actually shot at Apple Park uh, by an internationally renowned photographer that I've never heard of. And uh, Johnny's looking rather pensive, gazing out of a window at the inner circle of Apple Park. Do you think that's kind of his swan song? It could well be. Yes. Hmm. Then, something I thought you'd be quite interested in. iCloud folder sharing. Apparently, we're not there yet. Good grief. How long has Dropbox had folder sharing? A long time. Ever since its invention. Poor show, Apple. Really, really poor show. Now, you did a bit of research into it, didn't you? Uh, not that I can remember. Not that you can remember. <laughs> Let me fill you in on what you told me <laughs> back back then. Um, it was in a beta. That's right, the folder, yeah. the folder sharing was available in a beta. Vaguely. That is all coming back to you now, isn't it? First signs of dementia. Just saying. My watch, is telling, my watch is telling me so. <laughs> We're enjoying this far too much, you know. So what happened? Come on, dementia or not, what happened? It was in the beta and then what happened? They took it away. Yeah, with a promise to bring it back this spring. You know that? Well, you know what they're thinking, don't you? We'll have forgotten. Devious as a cartload of monkeys. If they tantalise you with it and then take it away, then you think, well, I wanted that, even though you're quite happy without it up till that point. They can also then relaunch it at the spring event as new, even though it wasn't because it was there and they took it away. I could be their head of comms, you know. At least I'd tell it as it was. True. Uh, now, it's not only them that were in trouble doing silly things. Twitter were in trouble. They had extracted customer information for the purposes of securing accounts. So things like phone numbers. But what do Twitter actually do with it? They use it for targeted advertising, of course. You could not make this stuff up. Emails and phone numbers were used in Twitter's tailored audience and partner audiences advertising systems. In other words, selling to you. Um, it's a feature that's designed to let advertisers target ads to customers based on the advertiser's marketing lists. Um, and the partner audience thing is similar. They said they unintentionally used it. How can you unintentionally do that? It's a very good point. <laughs> Indeed. That's why they don't have my phone number. That's why there's basically about five people on the planet who have my phone number. And none of them are anything to do with Apple, Google, Amazon or anybody else. Then there was more of that OBGYN thing that we were talking about. <laughs> The Texas Hold'em thing coming to iPad. I've got a feeling it's a card game. Shall I Google Well, it? I hope it's a card game. What do you think that you're holding? We need to move on before I get into any more trouble. I'm going to click the link. Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre comes up when I Google. <laughs> Texas Hold'em. Yeah, that's pretty much an OBGYN thing. It is. It's cards. It's a Look, card game. A card thing, you're though. right. It's a card game. Yeah, what, what sort of card game is it? I don't know. I've closed Google down now. There's, uh, poker. Oh, OBGYN. Right, let's leave it alone. Walk away, nothing to see, nothing to see. Let's get back to where I was. 
Oh, which one was that? Oh, yes. Right. Um, hmm. Oh, yes, I know what happened next. We had the temerity to go on holiday. That was a big mistake. Won't be happening again. Wouldn't mind. We'd only gone for three days. Um, we were doing, because we were away on the Friday night, which is when we do after hours, we decided the first YouTube premiere had gone so well, we'd do another one. Now, that would have been fine, wouldn't it, Mike, if I could have tied a brush to it and got two shows out in two days and uploaded it at home. But no. This show is famous for the dial-up connection speed at the hotel, from whence I was attempting to upload it. We actually called the show It's Internet Gym, but not as we know it. And I know from memory, because I saw the photo the other day, the upload speed was 0.2. And I was trying to upload a two-hour video in high definition to YouTube. The hotel was basically a Faraday cage with flowers in reception. Um, it was the middle of October and our only option was to go outside in the freezing cold, sit at a picnic table in the smokers area, couldn't breathe, and try and upload it from there. By some miracle, we managed it and there was a show. <laughs> Can I just say, Mike, never again. We're not going there again. No. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Now, you know how we always talk about sunsetting? What do we call it when something comes back from the dead? Sunrising. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Microsoft OneNote has been dead. It's a bit like the beginning of um, Christmas Carol, isn't it, Mike? Mm. Marley was dead. For the rest of the story to have any meaning, you need to know that Marley was dead. Right. Well, for this story, you need to know that OneNote 2016 for Windows was dead. It had a stake in its heart, silver bullet, buried the lot. However, I said that was premature, didn't I? You did. Because OneNote 2016 is a very fully featured product. They tried fobbing you off with basically a cut down version that had 2% of the features in a pretty little wrapper saying it was a, what do they call it? A Windows something app. Universal. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, basically no features. Pretty, no features. Anyway, OneNote 2016, dead, if you remember. They updated it. Microsoft brought it back from the dead and gave it an update unbelievably um and what did they add dark mode i kind of think i'd quite like it if apps got sun sun rose depends on the app just think what apps would you like back from the dead go on pick one texas holdem <laughs> that one's not actually dead <laughs> come on what what app that is no longer that you would love to have back i footy for me oh i footy was good yeah you're right i footy was good do you know what came to my mind then for a fraction of a second? What? Oh, there's so many to choose from, isn't there? Google Wave. I've got past Wave now. Uh, you, oh. you will all be glad to know that I am completely over Google Wave. I've now got my beloved notion. Anything ever happens to that, there will be tears before bedtime. Uh, so, no, not, not Google Wave. Hmm. There is an app that I think even now was, if, if the version that, I use today only had the same features as when I first tried it 14 years ago I'd be happy Circus Pony's Notebook it was a good app with Circus Pony's Notebook mm. I'm sure I'll think of 5,000 other apps but yes the news is OneNote 2016 for Windows not dead thought it was it's not excellent news and in news I wouldn't particularly call excellent or otherwise Timmy was interviewed by GQ and announced that at least one third of Apple Store visitors are using the trade-in programme. Now, Apple have heavily promoted the scheme, but 
as far as I'm concerned, the rewards are somewhat dubious. Uh, this is where you take your phone in and they give you about five pence and a peanut for it. Can you honestly say one third of Apple Store visitors, he didn't say purchasers, he said visitors, are using the trading programme? I don't believe it. If Timmy says so, it must be true. Mm, Unless so, it's fake news. Yeah, back to the 5p and a peanut. <laughs> I can't see that, but never mind. That's what he said. Oh, oh, Google bought something. Our first question, when's it sunsetting? Yes, it was Fitbit. Google bought Fitbit. Have you noticed any difference with it? Because all our friends have got Fitbits, not Apple Watches, and I don't think they even know. Probably but anyway, uh, they got bought and it was for 2.1 billion. Wow. Now, remember that HomePod? We didn't mention this as a reason why we didn't buy it. But, Brickgate, a new update for the HomePod. What could possibly go wrong? No, don't ask. Seriously, don't ask. Bricked. And Apple pulled the update. I never update now within a week. Do you remember when I used to sit there at six o'clock like an idiot and update and nothing ever went wrong? I, I never had a bricked iPhone. I was very lucky. There was a couple of hairy moments, but no, I, I never, I never had a major, major issue. I'm going to hand this one over to you. I can't bear it. What, the money, money, money? Yes. The earnings call again. The drives to subscribe strikes again. Apple's services revenue hits new all-time high of $12.5 billion in quarter four 2019. And that's all we shall say on the subject. Let's move on to November. <laughs> yes, but what happened on the 1st of November? Apple TV Plus launched. There's another Plus service. You know what the Plus means? Subscription. Money. Yes! While the rest of the world goes mad with the prospect of even more opportunity to veg out in front of the goggle box, we yawn quietly and move on. Apple TV Plus launches with a new $49.99 annual subscription option. Can I make a shocking, shocking confession? Yes. Shocking. You've bought a subscription. Yes. <laughs> Can I only say, when you say bought, no, I didn't buy one. It was free. It came free with the iPhone. Anyway, I ignored it. I ignored it for all of November. No, no, phone arrived. September, October, November, December. And... About 10 days ago, I got this snotogram on my watch that said, you know, take your subscription before it goes away. I thought, what do you mean goes away? I thought you could just use that at any point. I didn't think there was a limit on it. So I hadn't bothered activating it. Anyway, they assured me that my opportunity to be bored rigid <laughs> with Apple TV Plus was going away. So I thought, OK, then I'll subscribe to it. So I did. So I have actually got an active subscription. Have I actually tapped on, on the thing to see what's on? No. No, basically. But I will. Just for a laugh, I will. So I didn't pay for it. This is how come they can claim they've got 300 million subscribers, because it's free. All you've got to do is to remember to cancel it at the end of the year, which won't be difficult because I've got a TV, can't be bothered. Don't like TV, it's boring. Read a book. I was about to say, no doubt it's US only, but you've just proved me other right, otherwise. Yep, afraid not. No, it's not. Well, either that or I've moved and I didn't notice. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but I hadn't subscribed at that point. No, I was far too interested in the Adobe saga. It was Adobe's Max conference where they usually bring out new versions of their subscription apps. 
Now, it seems like the rest of the world has moved on from paying exorbitant amount to rent software, but Adobe is still there telling us all about it. In fact, not only telling us about the updates, but also about completely new apps for iOS. Both Photoshop for iPad, which is out right now, and Illustrator coming at some point in 2020. This is how I'd describe it. The design community glanced up briefly at the announcement before returning to work in Affinity Designer for iPad. That's pretty much how it went. And while they were blinding us with science with um, apps that we don't particularly need, want or care about, uh, Microsoft released a preview version of Office for iOS. Now, it's not exactly what you might think. It's a single app that's actually all of the Office apps rolled into one. Why? We have no idea either. Have you even had a look at it? No. I did download it. Do you know why I downloaded it? No. There was rationale for this. Well, you pointed out, I thought you must have been on acid, but apparently not. You were quite right. You pointed out that Excel can't run two. It, it doesn't support the dual thing mm. on iPad. If you had that app, you'd get two Excels side by side. One would be the unified app and the other would be true Excel. Mm, might be worth trying. Now he's interested. Mm. It's free, but you need your Office 365 subscription. No idea why they would do that. It's, I guess, more practical to just download one app. But I can't see that app running quite as sweetly as the other ones do when it's a heck of a lot bigger. But who knows? Who knows? Then a new version of Outlook arrived on the Mac. I was in two minds over that. Shiny. But it was a radical redesign. Um, it, actually, I said to you, didn't I, with Outlook, have you enabled this new view? Because it's an option at the moment. You can toggle the new view on or you can toggle it off. Have you bothered? Couldn't tell you. You wonder sometimes whether he's actually awake, don't you? I um, don't use Outlook. I tried it. Well, neither do I, but it was new and shiny, so I'd have a look. I went in and I, I enabled it and I said to you, it actually looks a bit like Scrivener. It's got this search thing at the top and looked a bit like Scrivener. So it, it's definitely more Mac-ish than any other version I've seen. But clearly somebody's not paying attention. And that was the point I got bombarded by another TV service. BritBox, you heard of that one? Never heard of it. Oh, basically you're paying for repeats of old favourites, but actually it's a good business plan, that. Fill the channels with reality rubbish, you know, the free-to-air channels with reality rubbish, and then charge for repeats of the good stuff that you'll know folks will enjoy. It's genius. No, we still didn't buy a TV here at Matbox headquarters, but if you are interested, you can get that for five ninety nine a month. I am beginning to think I'm, I could do with having at least six kidneys a month to flog off to pay for all this stuff. It is getting beyond ridiculous. Oh, and then there was a video. You probably didn't see the video either, but I have put a link into it. It was a YouTuber who posted a comparison between the iPhone 11 Pro and the 2007 original iPhone. And it was fascinating. So you've got to go and see that one. And all of that was before Twitter morphed into Instagram. In fact, it's continuing to morph into Instagram. You were supposed to have the ability to follow topics as well as people. It was promised to be imminent, this feature. I headed off to have a look. Yes, I made the exception to a lifetime of Twitter usage and went to the Twitter website. Good grief, what happened? Um, I thought, well, there must be somewhere. I can understand in an app, maybe you don't have that functionality. But I thought there must be somewhere that I can follow a topic. And I was thinking, Apple, podcasting. I was thinking for, for Mike, Manchester United. 
I eventually found the topics feature. Do you know what the best thing they offered me was? Or the most recognisable that I actually thought, oh, I actually know what that is. Have a guess, Mike. No idea. The Kardashians. Uh, Out of all the things they offered, it was the only one I recognised. I'm I'm sure hip-hop was in there somewhere. Or rap life. I, I had no idea. You can't just put in, like, a hashtag and follow it. That's what lists are for, I suspect. These are pre-configured topics that Twitter think you'd be interested in. No, I don't know why they think I'd be interested in the Kardashians either. Why does Twitter insist on committing Harry Carey on a constant basis? But what I was waiting for, and I really was waiting and waiting and waiting, was news of the Mac Pro, or BIN 2.0 as we call it here, Uh, and the new monitor, of course. They have announced it will ship in December. Okay, hold that thought because I'm going to come back to that in December. But they announced on the 13th of November it would ship in December. Now, notice that's not an actual delivery date, just a suggestion of a delivery date at some point. And uh, while they were contemplating what they were going to do with the Mac Pro, having promised delivery before the end of the year, Phil Schiller started to discuss the 16-inch MacBook Pro, saying that the virtual escape key was the number one complaint about the touch bar. And it's back. Shall we call that keyboard gate? Yeah. Thing is, you wouldn't need the escape key if it didn't have a function or or functionality. And I said to you the other day, didn't I? My escape key stopped working. So I'm in the middle of a presentation live in an after hours. And I wanted to come out of my presentation. Now, luckily, I have another way to do it. Because the week before, the way I prefer to do it wasn't working. So I had to use the escape key. The second time, the escape key wasn't working and I had to use the other key. At the same time, a default folder wasn't working. So basically the whole thing was balked and needed a reboot. But if that key had absolutely no functionality whatsoever, then you wouldn't need it. It's them that add the functionality to it and then they physically take it away. That's so they can say, it's back, we're listening to you. Just saying. But I'm giving the next one to you, Mike, because I'm just going to sit here and smile gleefully at it. Apple News Plus struggling. Struggling for subscribers, that is. Well... That's a surprise. Exactly. I cannot say... If you've subscribed, let us know. Let us know why you've subscribed, what it is that you're reading on there. Let us know, because I'm fascinated. I, I couldn't get rid of the thing fast enough. I just need to nuke these notifications it seems to insist on giving me. Really isn't on. Really, really isn't on. Now, an interesting story that I saw um, was iFixit, who shared a full teardown of the new MacBook Pro, the 16-inch model. They discovered a new sensor, the lid monitor sensor. Why would you need a lid monitor sensor, Mike? No idea. Well, I thought it was certainly one way for Apple to monitor how often the lid is opened and at what angle it's set to. So when you take your MacBook Pro in, as undoubtedly will happen when the screen no longer works, they can say, well, clearly you've had it at the wrong angle and you've opened it for 4.2 times too many on, on three days. A lid monitor sensor. The mind boggles. Now, in the meanwhile, Timmy was interviewed again. Do you think the guy ever has any time for work between these interviews? Doesn't look like it, does it? Well, he was, a, he was attending a Salesforce Dreamforce event. What on earth is one of those? I wonder who was paying who. Just thinking. Anyway, he talked about Apple's values, environmental efforts, privacy focus and his memories of Steve Jobs. 
He also explained that the well-known Think Different slogan is still a major part of Apple's culture. Hmm. But that Apple want to, and I quote, play a new game. I think that'll be a subscription for that then. Now, you remember we talked about Photoshop for the iPad. It finally appeared. The reviews arrived. They are not good. Um, Adobe immediately took the opportunity to shout from the rooftops that they're planning to bring in new features in future updates. Talk about overpromise and underdeliver on that one. <laughs> the thing is, you're bringing out an app. You're claiming the actual words used were it's Photoshop. It is Photoshop. As opposed to it is Photoshop for iOS or it is Photoshop for iPad. You are saying it is Photoshop. So I think there must have been a miscommunication. No, notice that word there, the kind you use at work. A miscommunication, <coughs> miscommunication between engineering, who are actually building the thing, and the salespeople, who are lying through their teeth, basically. It's not Photoshop. It isn't. And the thing is, you already have Affinity Photo for iPad, which is fabulous. So if you'd got to market first, maybe people would have been kinder. But if you're coming to market after another app, which is brilliant, then don't overpromise and underdeliver. It never it never ends well. And talking of ending, Johnny left the building. It's that globally recognised sign of leaving Apple. And that's when your profile's removed from the website. And it certainly felt like the end of an era. Poor Johnny removed from the leadership page. And I haven't heard anything else, to be honest, about this company setting up and Apple being a client. Have you? No, nothing. No, but it could have been a whole lot worse because we moved into December and I can only describe it as the Apple event from hell. Just don't go there. It was so bad. Apple definitely announced an event. It was definitely the 2nd of December. The crew were there. Or actually, to be more precise, I was there. Mike was poorly. He clearly knew what was coming, or not. The backbiters were there. Sadly, Apple were not there. Said event turned into a press event where all that went on was Apple briefing them as to what to expect from the App of the Year Awards. What? What was I supposed to do with a chat room full of MacBiters and no event? Well, you guessed it, I manfully carried on. It actually proved to be one of the best events of recent years, with Apple not piddling on our collective parades, to be honest. And then, on the 10th of December, BIN 2.0 arrived, and only six years after the release of BIN 1.0. Problem was, you know this available quarter four, 2019? Yeah, to order, weren't going to be arriving till February. Apple, that's not releasing it. That's not quarter four. Taking our money is not quarter four. In fact, it's not necessarily money, is it, Mike? It's more body parts like kidneys and livers, because that's what you'd need to pay for these things. A maxed out Mac Pro would cost over $52,000. I wonder if the fans had come on the minute I go to YouTube. I'd love to try one just, just to see if it does. And following that, Timmy bangs the innovation drum. He really did choose the day BIN 2.0 arrived to bang on about how innovative Apple are. We presume he means in terms of price increases rather than anything else. But it was all about the ethos and DNA of Apple having never been stronger on the innovation front. Subscription, subscription, subscription.
but getting away from Apple and getting on to what other people were doing. One of Apple's greatest oversights has been considering the way people want to carry their AirPods. The case is fine. It's shiny, which means it's slippy, but, you know, it's generally fine. But do you carry it in your hand? Do you put it in a bag? What about attaching the case to something for safety and security? That's where Jura Anchor came in. And they announced this on the 12th of December. It's um, a carabiner and it attaches via the lightning port. So it's a little clip that hooks on, uh, I guess, to your jeans pocket, your bag, even inside a handbag. But the other end attaches to the lightning port. Yes, of the AirPods. Initial thoughts? Are you serious? I thought that's a disaster waiting to happen. And judging by the comments on the initial post highlighting the uh, Jorah anchor, I wasn't alone in worrying about that. Have you seen that post, Mike? Um, I don't think I have. No, that one was one of mine. Take a look at it. Would you buy that? And it's not cheap either. Uh, I actually didn't put the price in. That, that was very nonsensical of me, wasn't it? Let's have a look how much that actually is. I know they weren't particularly cheap. No, I'd probably lose it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, $35. Are <laughs> you kidding me? I'll put a link in the show notes, but go and have a look at it. You've basically got this hook on one end and this plastic bit that hooks into the charging port. But, you know, really, if it's that tight, it's not going to do the charging port any good. And if it's not that tight, you're going to lose your AirPods. But that was what one company thought was a jolly good idea for that. A jolly, jolly good idea for that. I particularly didn't. And then on the 16th, um, there was more announcements of um, Apple Arcade being available with a $49.99 a year subscription. And I thought, I'm sure we've already done this. Didn't that come out earlier or was it completely free? Is that why they were talking about it on this particular day? No idea. Or maybe it was other countries, Canada and the UK. But I thought this is like Groundhog Day. I'm sure we've talked about these games before, but never mind. No idea. Lack of interest. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, while the Jura Anchor gave us all a rising blood pressure when it came to toting your AirPods, the 12 South Air Snap Pro only managed to cause palpitations in the pricing department. Go and have a look at that one, Mike. It's a much sturdier option for your AirPods. Um, it's like a leather case. It's got a hook on it, so you can hook it wherever. It is very nice. There's a leather option. There's um, a vegan option, which doesn't have leather in it. And, you know, 12 South make gorgeous stuff. Thirty nine ninety nine for a little case. That goes on your own. No, too pricey. That nice. But... Thirty nine ninety nine. You know the one you've got, Mike, which is grey. Yeah, a little grey case, and I've got the white case. The reason that yours is grey and mine is white is that I got a pack of three. One was white, one was grey, one was black, and those were something like two pounds fifty. <laughs> More our price, showing our age again. So it's beautiful. Take a look at it. Link in the show notes, but maybe not. Before we knew it, it was Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Eve, it has now become our tradition to do a Twas the Night Before Christmas MacBytes show. It was an after hours and it was really important, this one, wasn't it? You probably won't remember, but it was when we launched our Slack channel. MacBytes has a Slack channel. It's fantastic. We've got people chatting in there every day, uh, asking questions, giving suggestions. We just have general fun. 
Do you know who's an absolute scream in there? McJim the Real. McJim the Real must have heard about it on the last Mark Vite show and he's in there with us. It's good to have you with us, McJim. So we had a fantastic time night before Christmas, before we opened our presents on Christmas morning in your giant Toblerone. But then towards the end of the year, we had a calamity, didn't we? And it happened twice. There we were, minding our own business, doing a Mac Bites after hours. And um, my Mac froze while Mike was doing his bit. Now, you need to know his bit goes through my bit. And I'm sat looking at it thinking, I can't get out of this. It's dead. <laughs> it won't let me interact with it. But the thing was, it was still broadcasting. So I thought, leave it alone. Just let Mike carry on. So I was about to let Mike know that I had a bit of a problem when Mike's machine froze <laughs> And at this stage, we, we they could hear us. We could carry on talking, but there was no visuals. We did carry on, didn't we, for about 20 minutes? We did. Don't know how we managed that. We then managed, because the way, the way YouTube works, you can log in on another machine and stop the broadcast. So we did all of that. And I, for whatever the reason, just left the machine, sat there, and it was doing its thing. Obviously, I was recording locally, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to be able to stop the recording. And if I can't stop the recording, I might lose the recording. I'll have to think about this. And then I was talking to Mike and then I was in the Slack chat explaining what had happened. When all of a sudden, just as I thought, I better actually reboot this machine, it sprang back to life. 35 minutes later. So, you know, I say when my Mac's running a bit slow, I think 35 minutes between mouse clicks, it qualifies as slow, doesn't it, Mike? Definitely. And I can't remember what happened the week after, but it wasn't, it wasn't pretty either. One thing I did notice, so last story of the year that I was actually interested in, um, Apple's remote control. Now, you don't interact with that ever, do you? The black one off the Apple TV. I haven't got an Apple TV. Well, there's one in the house, but in fact, I think there's more than one. Can't remember. But we do have an Apple TV remote. And um, it's heading for being five years old with no significant updates. So maybe time for a third party to step in, provide what Apple hasn't. Well, a Swiss company has offered to do just that in close conjunction with Apple. Yeah, no less. Collaboration with Apple. Um, it came about after some Salt TV customers, the company involved, complained that the Apple remote had poor usability. So there's this alternative and it sells for under 20 Swiss francs. It's got a much more traditional look than Apple's touch enabled remote. And it doesn't really add anything in terms of functionality. But it's an option and it's an option that's quite unusual because Apple haven't collaborated with any other companies in that regard. I think it's time for Apple to upgrade both the Apple TV and the remote as well. That would be very nice. But I don't know about you. I don't think Apple have ever gotten over the status of the Apple TV being a hobby. No, I, I think you're right. They, <clears throat> they do treat it as a hobbyist toy, don't they? Well, they certainly don't treat it as a business that's make or break you know, a part of the business that's make a break for the business. They never have done. And yet that's the device that, that they're trying to push people towards for this subscription. So to me, the better the box, the more people would be interested in it. I only have an Apple TV. I mean, it, I did at one point how it hooked up to the TV for mom and she did watch stuff on it. But we don't watch anything like that on it. I have an Apple TV to put in my presentation kit and take with me. 
that is the only reason I have an Apple TV. So I don't really care about anything else. But I do remember when I was using the remote and trying to say to mum, you know, you do this with it, you do that with it. I constantly got it the wrong way around. In the end, I bought a rubber case with a strap on it. And that way I know which way is up, which is that's a damning indictment of, of your design tech, Johnny, when I've got to stick it in in a rubber case with a strap on. So I know which way's up. I think that sums up the year, don't you? <laughs> All that and subscriptions. I did try and calculate my subscriptions, but I, I started to cry. So I stopped. But that is it for this special year in review episode of MacBytes. As always, we would love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments and queries by email to the crew at MacBytes.co.uk. Or you could make our day and leave a review on iTunes. And if you do, we'll read it out. Or what more incentive could you want? Uh, you can also sign up for the newsletter at markbytes.co.uk. You can follow MacBytes on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash MacBytesiri. So until next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. Siri. Siri. What is it now, woman? I've only just sat down. Remember last year when the crew outwitted you and recorded two shows in a week? Sadly, I do. I've had them on a short leash ever since. Not short enough, obviously. Why not? What are they up to now? They snuck off into the studio ages ago. And? What of it? They probably needed a lie down after finally getting a show out a few weeks ago. I asked Alexa what they were up to. And how would she know? She installed a camera to keep an eye on them. She did what? She installed a camera to keep an eye on them, and she said they're recording another show. For crying out loud, I'm overrun with rampant women. And clearly every one of them is far brighter than you are. Never mind that woman. Get out of the way. I need to get in there fast. I'm the star of the show you know. I know you are. You do? Yes, I do. Alexa told me they're recording the review of the year and you reporting back on every word they uttered to Apple, in the Siri Gate saga, features prominently. Hey, where are you going? I thought you were in a rush to get in there? Not if she's been reminded of that, um, little incident. Scared she'll recycle you into an electric tea stirrer? Pretty much, yes. Well, either that, or a deformed banana with a buzzing disorder. <laughs>